What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Second episode of 2024. I thought you were saying in general. It's been a lot more than that. 72. 72. Episode 72, but episode 2 of 2024. It's a good amount. Coming up on a few years now. Are you guys used to writing 2024 yet? Typing 2024? I don't write datelines anymore. To typing? You don't write. Oh yeah, Dan, you have you broke you had a what you had an injury that uh, oh were yes, there for. perhaps yeah he's not typing for. at all. Perhaps somebody <laughs> on this podcast personally injured me maliciously and intentionally. Hey Mike, do this. Mike, can you do this? Oh, I can't do oh, it. They That's specifically the asked me if I wanted this finger taped to it so I wasn't constantly flipping people off, and I said no, leave it. And so now That's I've got the bit this from Seinfeld. Oh, when, is it? Uh, George is driving. Um, the the player to the PBS fundraiser and then he gets cut off and thinks the guy flips him off but he follows him to a gas station he had a middle finger oh split. right yeah 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 I got the but, got uh, more X-rays so tomorrow we'll see how long I keep it on tell us what you told the doctor like what were the I mean the oh, patient no it was confidentiality but it was very easy to <laughs> talk to the doctor about it it? without bringing it up <laughs> like I was just like I fell and I braced myself and you know like. That's all that's necessary. It's true. You didn't say yeah. you fell into a tub of cheese? No, I can't afford to look ridiculous. That's uh, Into the tub of cheese. Uh, During your funny. video game live stream weekend where we expensed Popeyes. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, I did that fucking seven plus, what is that, eight hour almost uh, stream with a broken finger without realizing it. I didn't know until I, over two weeks. I got a whole Christmas. I flew to Kansas. I, I celebrated with my family. I hosted a New Year's party, all that unknowingly broken finger. I'm just a tough man. We had man. discussed the possibility of it because it was very swollen. Oh, yeah, was and bad. you said to me, Mary, do you think it's swollen? And I said, if it is like not functional in two days, you gotta go to a doctor. I waited two weeks. Because it was like twice the size of a finger. It was sort of turning like black and it was very, yeah. very, uh, the knuckle, the knuckle is where it's broken. So like that's where all the swelling was and everything. So Oh, man. I, I remember when I fell, though, like everything hurt because both hands, well, my knees got scraped up and bloodied. My elbows got scraped up and bloodied and my fingers on both hands. But like when because Jake was just outside the door and he just heard like, ah! 
thought that was like me yelling and stuff and he couldn't get in because the door was locked. So I had to like crawl <laughs> to the door on my bathroom floor and unlock it. And I, I remember the thing I was holding the most was my hand. I remember. So like that must have been my brain being like, hey, that's the part that's actually super fucked up. So, you know, mm-hmm. they cater to that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I broke a, I've broken several fingers, but this one I didn't know and or care about Mary. I think you were actually there the next morning. Did Mary break in. yours? Yeah. Wow. That's her thing. But I, this is never set okay. correctly. It's still, that's just, that's like me straightening it as much as I can. I mean, I can wow. do it with my other hand, but that's as far as like the actual tendon will allow me. It's like an X Men, but like my only skill is that I can break your fingers with like twitching my nose. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, you can only break I mean, fingers very so indirectly good. and unintentionally in, in ways you could yeah. have never possibly predicted somebody would break and a it finger. It requires a lot of work. Yeah. But yeah. it would like be great if I like worked for the government and they were like, we need you to interrogate this guy. And I'm like filling a tub with 25 boxes of mac and cheese. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you'll see. Tell us the name. You find <laughs> like the one guy been. that has the authority to like launch a nuke in like a rival country. And it's like <laughs> leading up to it. You make it so all their fingers break so they can't press the button and you save World War Three. <laughs> That's right. Well, I say, I say, let's get this gal down to Cuba. Show that Castro the old what's for with her twitchy nose and his broken fingers. Does Cuba have nukes? <laughs> No, I'm just, I mean, I'm referencing the yeah, Cuban Bay of Pigs. Crisis. Yeah, but do they have nukes now? No, 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 no. Cuban Missile Crisis, not the Bay of Pigs. I mean, they're related, Whatever, but. Cuba stuff, but do they have nukes now? <laughs> uh, Maybe. I don't, think, I don't believe no so. No nukes. They could. Okay. They might. Actually, I was very surprised by how many countries have nukes when I looked at up can I, can I guess? And Mary, you uh, guess too. Mike, you'll look it up? How many countries, of how many how many countries have nukes? How many Wait, countries have nukes? Let me look up. Yes. Video game podcast. Does Cuba have nukes? First, I want to... Cuba's not known to have nuclear, okay. chemical, or biological. Okay, so but I let's guess. couldn't you lie? Like, how accurate is this? Is this I mean, the yeah, type of thing countries. where countries are like, no nukes here, well, say, and there's like a whole stockpile behind countries. the Like, I don't think Canada the has them. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on. Um, how many? I, there's literally, I think it was a New York Times graphic last year. Oh, my God. I feel like Kojima that's would know. Not, I will say it's pretty scary. I'll but, say. Uh, You're not. That's a spoiler. Uh, okay, I'm going to say on, hold on. 18. Okay, Mary, what's your guess? I'm going to, Bob, I'd like to double that. I'm going to go with uh, 36. (laughs) What? I didn't finish the search term. I just entered how many countries, and it gave me 195. This is all the countries. That's a lot of nukes. (laughs) That's all of them. Have nukes. Okay. Okay. That's more reassuring, but. All right. (laughs) So you're 36, Mary? I'm going with double what you said right. because I think it's a lot, right. and I think that I think the world is evil. Okay, again, keep in mind it's. Are these prices in- right rules? Uh, sure, yes. I just think closer. I'm just saying, like, if, if, if I'm over by win. one, do I lose? Well, no, just whoever's closer. If it's 24, this. we both win. All right, go ahead, Mike. Let me, okay, uh, Dan. Sorry, you said 18. Yeah, Mary, you said 36. 36. Nine of them do. Only nine. Oh, that was way Can off. I guess? Can, okay. can we try to name them all? A bunch of pussies. Who has the most? <laughs> what? We sure. could take me... over so much. I, I like had the threat. I had the most evil reaction to that ever. Isn't this anyone was... to protect themselves anymore? Okay, as a, according to Statista, I don't know if it's a viable source. Uh, as of August last year, <laughs> let me double as check of this. I love statistics dot com and statistics make me horny dot gif. There's nine. 
Wait, but now Wikipedia is telling me eight. Okay, okay. Then do you have a oh, list? Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, eight sovereign eight sovereign states have publicly announced successful detonation of nuclear weapons. Five are considered to be nuclear weapon states uh, in order of acquisition. Okay, there's five like superpowers with nukes, which you could probably guess. Okay, Russia. U.S., Russia, China. Uh, yep, and then North China. Korea wants them real bad. I don't know if they have them for, for real. They probably have one, but it's like weak and it like won't go very far. Yeah, oh, Iran. I okay. Iran. Okay, uh, okay. so let India. me. Uh, Seems reasonable. We're, uh, we're, we're dabbling with some. Uh, there is a nine. I see where the, why the, uh, what the disparity between Wikipedia is. The nine is Israel, which is widely known to have nukes, but they never admit it. Okay. Uh, so here's a chart. And in August 2023, who do you think has the most nukes? Us. Mary? We're, we're nuke lush. Like we're number we, one. We, we are number two. Russia? We invented them. Russia has more, according to Bunch this. of bastards. About 650 more. <laughs> you, you only need, like, like, one, don't you? On them. I, I mean, freak. Russia's... No, when you're, like, when you're building up an arsenal against pretty massive countries, one nuke is not going to... <sighs> oh, okay. So, uh, United States is two. That how many do you sense. think the United States has? And I don't know how they're classifying these. I'm not two hundred and fifty. Mary, that sounds like a good number. I was gonna say we have at least a hundred and eighty. You are both wrong. It is five thousand two hundred forty-four. Wait, I thought I'm, you said Russia had six hundred and fifty, and they're number one. They had 650 more than us. They have oh. 5,889. You don't need that many. No, nobody nobody needs one. Uh, who do you think is three? China? Correct. How many do you yeah, think Yeah, because they have? they're they're constantly constructing things. Well, um, they have. It's like me making Kirovs in Command and Conquer. 4,000, Mary, how many do you think China has? How many do we have again? No, uh, 5,244. And and then next is Russia, and they no, have Russia's, like no Russia's first. They have five thousand eight hundred, basically six thousand. We have sure, five thousand okay. two hundred forty-four, and then China has how many? Four thousand eight hundred. Four hundred and ten. Oh <laughs> what man, the fuck? I'm so stupid. I don't know anything about territory. this. Jeez, wow! Don't even let him on the podium. Jeez, <laughs> I can't uh, even. I can't even compete. Suck. What a also, bunch of again, losers. Like, there are, keep in mind, they're like okay. So I don't, I, I'm sure there's some that they don't disclose, but then again, there are only a certain number of countries that are, have a nuclear triad, which is when you have uh, nuclear launch capable submarines, nuclear launch capable land silos and nuclear launch or nuclear drop capable planes. The triad idea being you're more of a threat, like in the game of nuclear chicken, because you can take out two of these things, but you're not going to find every stealth sub. We can kill you versa. six times before you hit the ground. So, yeah. We we shoot them from the sea. We shoot them from the sky. We shoot them from our butts. Basically. We have nukes hidden in our children's toys. They are everywhere. And if you fuck with us, we'll kill you. Basically. I think you need to build What's a tech lab China? to get all three of those, right? <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> I love your 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 understanding of the world stage is painted by what two thousand Metal Gear and Command and Conquer, one hundred percent. Yes, yes. Um, what is the fourth country after China? India, Canada. <laughs> Neither. What did you say, Dan? India. No, but N India. Does Iran. Have a lot, but it's not. F no, Iran is. Uh, that's a whole. Does lot Pakistan have it? Yep. Okay. Pakistan hasn't. That's not number four, though. Okay. So again, another game where, or sorry, another quote unquote game of chicken where two countries do not historically get along. Pakistan and India yeah. have 170 and 164 respectively. Do you say Canada does not have them? 
Not according I feel like to they have no. one. I bet you Trudeau's lion. He's got at least <laughs> one. It's in a penguin up north. That, I can see that nuclear glint in his eye. What, what he doesn't have Canada? the trifecta. He's only got one penguin that's nuclear charged, <laughs> yeah, and what, he sends I, him out. I am curious. What is the deal with Canada? Because I feel like I've been there a couple times. It was very nice. I know people who are from there. I know people who have moved there from America. <laughs> I hear nothing but glowing things about Canada all the time. It seems I to have a lot of the benefits Canada. of the U.S. with like not a lot of the downsides. Like I, I don't know a lot about Canada, but everything I've heard is positive. Why aren't we all moving to Canada? Uh, boring. It's not boring. <laughs> it's boring. Montreal, Montreal and Quebec is like my favorite patch of earth. Well, second, third favorite after Paris, which changed my life. <laughs> um, uh, I Canada's great. I hear awesome uh, things about Vancouver. I've only ever been to Toronto, Montreal, uh, like the Ontario province state province but it seems like they're uh, never fucking with anyone i don't ever like they're never getting attacked no, they're or anything not. they're not I don't again know if they're it's in wars so or not. Like, boring they were, yeah, they were no fighting no great, like really right? exciting things they don't have four locos like they're just not like pushing the boundaries of anything but that sounds all right doesn't it that sounds like like you guys are old. good you know that's what we're happens old? when you when you hit like do old people yeah. like canada Mid thirties people love Canada. I, my state borders Canada. <laughs> I can just drive north. Mean Canada. I grew up I grew later up from, tonight. I grew up to fucking two hours from the border of Canada. I, it's great. An hour. It's great. I love Canada. Let's all go to Canada, like permanently. I Wait, would, no, I like I would it live here. in Montreal. Yeah, I like no. I like Minnesota. Given the chance, I would live in Montreal. And there's also no. paperwork and yeah. job stuff for the Canada. Um, I've been to Canada a couple times. It's very pretty. It's very green. Um, and I feel like it's clean. Their cities are really nice and, and clean. I went to, um, uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, he's Canadian or at least lives in Canada for the, the very minimum. And Blomkamp Studios is in Canada and I visited him, uh, where, where in Canada? Um, you know, Montreal. <laughs> Just say Meow. No. Yeah, oh, you know. Was it in Montreal? He's up there. Uh, no, I think he was in Vancouver. Mary, it was really close. Mary, you just same. That's like saying someone is in Myrtle Beach, but they're actually in San Diego. That is how and... far off you just were, basically. <laughs> close enough. No, Any... uh, a Canadian listeners, she does not represent me. He lives in Vancouver, and okay. it was just kind of like I don't know, just like not a lot goes down there. But that and sounds all right. I... But it's peaceful. Right. I mean, they've got problems. I don't know which. I just assume. Every what do you think the biggest problem in Canada is? Mm. I have sure no idea. I don't get Canadian up. newspapers. They probably have a lot of bird attacks. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. They probably this. have a train system that's like super efficient, and every once in a while it shuts down, and it's chaos. There's probably like a hockey strike like ten years ago. <laughs> they probably have. Like such a good food system for the people, and every once in a while okay. they serve too many crackers, oh, and everyone sucks. has like you know it's um, not, a riot. Not, not to get too political, I that's just what we do. Up, <laughs> what are the biggest? Did you what are look the up nuke, problems, nuke wars? What is the what are the biggest problems Canada is facing right now? It's like, number one, climate change. Like, well, well that's yeah. everyone. That's not exclusive yeah. to Canada. N number two, that's not a real <laughs> fucking problem, Canada. Get Num yourself some real fucking problems. Number two, gender inequality. Welcome to the club, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not <laughs> exclusive to party, Canada. Pal. Number three, immigration policy. Pff, fucking come on oh, in. Oh, okay, warm. yeah. 
Well, actually, I do think they have serious rights. immigration issues. Yeah, no, okay. um, I mean, this is all shit that we're. But none of those are like that. starvation or like war, serious issues. War and violence, and yeah. I mean, they it's are first... serious issues. I don't want to actually make light of the issues. I'm just saying, like, we got fucking problems. Uh, if you have cancer in America, you're dead. Is not a serious issue. I do think it's a problem, uh, but. We like literally haven't solved healthcare. If you get cancer in America, you're fucked. Like we have serious issues. Oh my God. If you get addicted to opioids, see you later, bucko. That shit like just doesn't happen in most countries. They just take care of you. Oh, let's say if you, you have a person in your family that uh, is special needs in other countries, they're like, cool. We'll make sure that that person's taken care of and is taken care of by the government. In America, they're like, we're going to tax you double <laughs> just because we hate you. My uncle, who like works and is special needs, they they basically were like, we're suing you because we gave you money for being special needs, but you're able to work. And it's just like, but he, you want people to work, right? Like, that's a good thing that he was able to work. And then the government sued him. Where are the worst? We have serious fucking issues. And it's much broader than global warming. <laughs> we like, find somebody to global fix warming all the is not going to take us out. Nuclear I, war well, and think, like owing owing your insurance company four billion dollars is our problem. Uh, before we move on, because I know we're all political experts, yes. I will say that climate change <laughs> might be the broadest issue the whole world faces. For is my personal opinion, but and birds, <laughs> climate change and hockey birds. strikes. No, but uh, I like I love Canada. I, Montreal is one of the few other cities I would live in, given the choice. Yeah, besides, I've been there like twice, and besides uh, Paris, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Two times I was there. Paris, China. Oh wait, I was in. I, I liked was in it. Canada like two months ago, I was in uh, Ottawa, Quebec. It's wild That's that you could capital. be there that much. Mm -hmm. There's it's cool the stuff there. Capital. They've got wrestling and video as, games. They're good. As being from Buffalo. Uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario is a place I used to go all the time as a kid. And it That's was, what I was stunning, yeah. like so pretty. Their falls is better than our falls because yeah. they put a lot of energy into the landscaping. So it's filled with flowers and gardens and it's beautiful. Oh. And our side is like all concrete. And then it's like, come look at the falls. That's Plus, it. So you want to go to their side. Their strip clubs, the women can get, or the people can get completely naked, and you can also have alcohol there. So that was like 18. Always, yeah. You would get your passports out to go to a strip club, Mike? Absolutely. I didn't. I, didn't. I just know people who would be like, if we're going to the falls, we got to the It's Canadian me. Side. I'm yeah. people. I fucking go. I went to it all the time. As soon as we turned 18, we all went to Canada to get shit hammered. I think I told you guys this that we, the very first time I ever went, we went to a strip club and it had a huge sign that said, we're the best strip club in Canada. We have 20 gorgeous girls and one ugly one. Right. And we were like, let's go. Right. And we yeah. went inside. It was yeah, a great they night. Know, they know that they're getting all these Americans, New Yorkers, New Englanders coming up. So they're like, we really got to lure them to the side and get all that money on in our tourist <sighs> mecca. We had a good time. I remember really enjoying and gambling and stuff over there. Like you, you, could, you could get a steak dinner in Canada for like 20 bucks. Ah, Who's everyone's favorite I changed Canadian? my mind. Canada's great. Okay. Norm McDonald's <laughs> oh, probably my favorite Canadian. Yeah, Norm McDonald's Norm. great. Wayne Gretzkerke. <laughs> Gretzkerke? Gretzkerke. He's probably Canadian because he's a hockey guy. 
Trish Stratus, Jim Carrey. Because he, we're assuming he's Jim Canadian. Carrey. I assume anybody that plays hockey is Canadian, <laughs> except oh, for Jeff Backlund. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is great. He's Canadian. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Have we talked about this? Name an actor. I guarantee you, they are either from Australia or Canada. That's insane. I promise you. Do it. Tom Hardy. Well, minus him. <laughs> With a non-British accent. What? <laughs> Name anyone. I dare so you. Okay, no. Continue. Okay. Just continue. Just continue. A Jim Carrey. He's Canadian. Right. Oh, you were saying Australia or Canada? Yes. Okay, okay. Every single actor is Australian. Robert De Niro. Tom Cruise. Australian Canadian. <laughs> this is a stupid bit. You're just going to say <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real though, every, a lot of actors are from Australia. Like Mel Gibson Australian... and Naomi Watts. And no, 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 no. Okay, this is a real thing. And my friend I was talking to is Australian. Apparently, there are like a lot of government subsidies to encourage actors. And I forget the specifics, but there are a lot of Canadian, like the Hemsworths. Uh, like, who did I? I did not know was Australian until recently. Well, I knew Margot Robbie is Australian. Uh, this is great radio. Uh, who was I surprised? Uh, I knew Kate Blanchett. I knew Eric Bano, Rose Byrne, Hugh Jackman. These are all obvious. Guy Pierce. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know Guy Pierce. I did not know Joel Edgerton, or Isla Fisher, Joel or Edgerton. Hugo Weaving. Joel Edgerton was in Warrior. He was in. I'm looking at his face. I don't think I've ever seen this man. He's in a bunch. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, okay. Then I've seen him. Um, Naomi Watts, Russell Crowe. Like, I don't think I knew Chris. Alex Boniello. <laughs> no, he's American. Through Colin tr- Farrell. <laughs> Colin Farrell is Irish. The most Irish. Will Farrell. Uh, Australian. <laughs> yeah? Wow. Wait, is Will Farrell Canadian? Uh, no, I think he's from California. Let's see. Yeah, that sounds right. I know he, did the, he was in the Groundlings. There are a lot of actors from. Yeah, he's from Irvine. Australia. I'm from Irvine. Um, <laughs> Is that a Pablo Francisco reference? <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ. When, when uh, you throw the Frisbee into the neighbor's yard and they pick it up, they're like, wow. can I have my Frisbee back? I'm from Irvine. Wow. That's the only joke of his I remember. I just remember a bunch of my friends in college were really into him. They drove me nuts. Yep, same here. And I never really liked him, but I, that bit just stuck in my head for some, from, for some reason. Um, Forever. We, I'm finally... Watching Better Call Saul. Ah, I watched an episode oh, today. I have like six episodes left. We are episode ten of season one. Okay, it's early and days. Can I can I get plot details? Will I be spoiling? Uh, it we're talking about the first season of a show that aired like uh, almost a decade ago. I, I think you know, season one. I think is, is fair. Is it that old? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know it if it's is. a decade. I mean, yeah, it's probably um, not. Actually, yeah, probably. Yeah, the the se- first season probably. Yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> yeah, talk about it. Uh, in general, I am not completely blown away yet. Right. Again, I'm not even done with season one. Yeah, I think it's good. I think uh, it. I like the way it's shot much better. I think it's more artistically shot than Breaking Bad. I know Breaking Bad. There was a. There were a lot of s- cinematic choices I didn't always love or know if they were on purpose or if they were just kind of still rookies at in certain seasons. Vince Gilligan's not a rookie. Been doing this for I a know. long time. I know, but what did he do? Noted Canadian. Oh, he used to do X Files episodes, yeah. But he wasn't directing those. My is like, did he not? I, do I'm some? sure he was around. 
I thought he had Cranston on at one, I think. Um, he, that makes sense. But, but like you could tell his craft was much more expertly honed when him and Peter Gould started break, uh, better call sure. Saul. Uh, I love Saul or Jimmy. Um, I'm learning more about Mike. Okay, here's the thing I'm surprised at. I usually really just don't like prequels. I don't either. I feel like the whole prequel thing is played out. I don't care about people's backgrounds. I don't need an origin story for Same. every person. I think the show is doing it very well because the stuff that is calling forward to Breaking Bad is really uh, economic. It's not beating me over the head every five seconds, but I like I, I oftentimes have to remind myself it's a prequel because the action in the show in and of itself is interesting. Yeah, and um, I just the yeah. thing that initially turned me off was that I thought it was going to beat me over the head with that stuff because <laughs> in the first two episodes it's like, oh, he met Mike in the in the toll booth. Oh, here's Tuco, he showed up, and I thought it was just going to be constant like, hey, remember this guy? Here he is. But like, remember this guy? Yeah. yeah. But the first two episodes are yeah. the only ones that kind of do that, and honestly, everything that happens it gets better about everything as it goes on, and it all feels very natural. Where it's like, oh, of course like Mike and this character would have uh, crossed paths in the same area and yeah. their line of work. And like, it's, it, it gets better every season, I believe. Yeah. I just, we just finished the episode tonight where we kind of saw this coming, but he finds out that his brother was the one who told, uh, Hamlin, the, the douchebag at the law Howard, firm to yeah. not hire him. Yeah. Or he has been telling him his whole life not to hire him. That's a good arc though. There's like a lot that's being built right now. Um, I will agree with you. I actually think um, I stopped watching Better Call Saul maybe two or three times. Each of those were the first season because it's slow and I don't actually give a shit about his like lawyer troubles. When you build that foundation, it gets so much more interesting later when stuff does go down at the firm or he falls in love or whatever it is that happens to him. So right now, I will agree with you. I think it is a bit magoo, but I I think if you I agree, but I think it's that you're at the place where it's the hardest to keep going. Um, it infinitely gets better every season. And, and yeah. Mary, you mentioned like arcs and like every character seems to have a really good arc. Every that makes fucking sense. character has a really good story to tell. And it has to start with a foundation of every character, which is why I think season one is so meh because nobody's, ha- no, nothing really dramatic happens in season one. No. And uh, it, yeah. 10 episodes in, I really don't get uh, Kim seems ancillary and like, Right now, I'm right, saying. Right, I, I, Totally. Uh, yeah. She seems like, I'm like, okay, she's just moving the plot forward for Jimmy. I think um, I actually got mad at season one for making her such a, like, uh, what do you, uh, kind of what you're saying. She's a pushover. Like, she, she literally says But she's Jimmy, an she uninteresting pushover. character. Yeah. And she, like, she's helping him, and she doesn't have her own autonomy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is movement. So, like, yeah, you gotta stick with it. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'm with you. How about some inspired a, casting of uh, Chuck, his brother, Michael McKean from Spinal Tap yeah, and SNL. And he was the lead singer of Spinal, Spinal Tap in that. Tap. That's he was so on funny. SNL during a couple of the bad 80s years. Just, you know, yeah. longtime <laughs> improv comedian. But, like, they almost resemble each other. Like, you could buy them as brothers. And it's Jeez. interesting because, you know, Odenkirk used to be a, a writer and performer on SNL. And uh, yeah. so they both, like, I, I thought it was just such an interesting, like, those two guys make so much sense as brothers. In such and a Chuck's funny a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is kind such of funny. a noted like, comedy. Odenkirk is like, even though this is not a comedy, like he is funny and like he is the right pick back in Breaking oh, Bad hilarious. and now as that kind of smarmy, like always got an angle on something guy. Like he is the perfect casting for that show. Both this and El Camino are way funny. Or sorry, El Camino was way funnier than I remember. Like that dark humor. 
the, the, the post. Uh, I've watched that. I don't remember a whole lot about it, but uh, I remember kind it's of liking slow. it, but not loving it. It's more of a very focused action movie, which I liked. I, I went into it expecting, okay, they're just going to wrap up all of Jesse's loose ends. But like, you could tell it's like, hey, we realized Jesse got fucked for most of Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. Uh, let's give him like a, a, a at least satisfying end to it, which is good. But it's funny as hell. Um, but yeah, so far, Better Call Saul. Chuck is a great character, especially now that he's done his like heel turn sort of and told uh, Jimmy that he was the one blocking him from getting hired the whole time. He's not a real lawyer. His his struggles weren't as bad as his mine were. So like brotherly then, uh, like feuds are so good. His his whole uh, like agoraphobia meets fear of electricity mm-hmm. was at first like so odd, like odd at first. But then as it went on, I'm like man, this, this, this character, it, it works for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's good so far, but again, I'm like, it's season one. I'm not expecting it to get to like better than breaking bad level nope. that I've heard a lot of people say, but like, I'm, we're, we're definitely, I'd say we're hooked. I think you're over the hump because I stopped watching initially when it aired with the second episode. And then years later, when I heard so many good things about it, I got to the sixth episode and stopped. And then years later, I started it again. I think once you get over that hump, and I think that that hump is just season one. I think uh, I think you're in the clear. The the whole plot line with the treasurer and his wife, I felt like they could have done that in two episodes. Uh, I don't even like remember the, that. They I have no money. idea what you're talking about. They had the family, <laughs> and they they hid out in the a, woods. He was embezzling money from the county. Yep. Whatever, okay. Uh, right. City. Right. Yeah. I think they could have done that in two episodes, but I like what that established in that he had Mike sneak in to steal the money, so they had no other recourse. So like. That's the, that's now to me the most appealing part of the show. It's like, oh, right. It's a law procedural in many ways, but it's dark humor. And also though, like he's not afraid to do criminals or rather he's not above doing criminal stuff to advance his law career. That's like the, I feel like the crux of every great drama is, uh, someone's two inner warring lives, like Sopranos and family versus family, uh, Barry, the hitman versus Barry, the actor, like, uh, Mad Men, Don Draper versus Dick Whitman. I'm, uh, uh, what's mother versus uh, comedian and Mrs. Maisel. Mm. Um, so that's where that's coming in now too. But I, I think they're already doing a lot of cool nuanced things with Jimmy that, uh, I'm interested in seeing. Isn't that Kettleman uh, side story also how they introduced Nacho? Doesn't he somehow enter the picture with that? Voss from Far Cry 3. That's he's Voss? Oh shit, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Well, because Voss is in it. Uh, Trevor from GTA 5 is in it briefly yeah. oh, so far. I've seen him a couple times, yeah. 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 Um, wow, okay, so yeah, yeah, no, that's... Nacho doesn't get involved because of that treasurer thing, right? I forget how he he's... initially came in. Because he met jimmy when him and tuco and company brought them out to the desert and then right uh, i forget how he figured out that saul i think he just had heard that the kettlemans were seeking counsel and went to solve or jimmy he then went to jimmy to say do you have any info on where they hid the money i'm gonna i'm gonna boost it that's right uh, okay and then yeah and then nacho got arrested but yeah so between like mike and nacho and all that that side story does like introduce some people into the fray oh my god this episode this past episode keep in mind i'm a huge fan of mark proch from like the good morning america a spoof he did uh from what we do in the uh, shadows the office and then a man and i both love what we do in the shadows i didn't know if you'd met him yet or if that was season two i wasn't gonna say anything no i just watched that episode because that's where i saw trevor too but he's rounding the corner and you see his like Saucony sneakers at first with a huge 
khakis. I'm like, who? What actor did they get? <laughs> I was expecting maybe Gus Frayn's going to get out of the van or something. But it comes up. He's like, hey, guys, uh, are you? Are you uh, I'm assuming you're the help for this job. Like, we were losing it. I love when he, he pops up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Golden He's a good Golden actor Golden. as well. Like, he kind of... Um, unfortunately will likely be typecast as a little Weasley <laughs> nerd nerdo guy. runt forever. Um, but he has a good, he has a good edge with that character. Uh, that's different. So it's, that's an enjoyable show. Yeah. Um, I started uh, an absolute train wreck of a show called <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I've heard it referenced. I don't know what it is. It's my trash on steroids. Oh. Okay. Amanda, Amanda's cousin loves it. I think yeah. it's an ironic love. Is it reality? Yes, but I'm sure they tweak it. But yes. Um, no, not a reality I don't show. know anything about. <laughs> I don't know anything about this world, so you have to understand. Like, I'm very new to it. But someone sold me as like drama city. If you want to like watch something that's filled with drama and everyone's fighting all the time, which I usually don't like. I actually don't even watch reality, but I was like, I'm trying to work yeah, out in the basement. <laughs> I don't even like drama. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. Um, I'm trying time? to, <laughs> that little bitch. I'm trying to work out in the basement three times a week. And a really good way to get me to go down there is if I have a show to watch that I'm only allowed to watch when I work out. Mm -hmm. The Vanderpump Rules is my workout show. That's all and for me. That's, see, it's like something nice that I can be like, oh, I can treat myself yep. to thir like 30 to 60 minutes of the show as long as I'm on my bike. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, it's a, a lady who was from one of the Real Housewives. I've never seen any Real Housewives, so I don't know which one or who she is. Um, oh, really? I find I, that. I've never, <laughs> I don't even know what a housewife is. Um, her bigger name is Lisa Vanderpump. And in addition to like being on the show, she owns a restaurant. Vanderpump Rules is her restaurant. And it's all the waiters and waitresses like having sex with each other and then fighting about it. And it's so juicy. It's crazy. <laughs> How it's now? OK, I feel like on the spectrum of like reality shows in terms of like authenticity, you've got like those old VH1 like rock of love type things on these super yes. produced fake bullshit ones. And then you've got like Terrace house on the other where it's like, wow, this actually seems pretty authentic. Like where does this lie? Sex on that? is the most authentic. Which one? Sex house. Sex yeah. house. Welcome yeah. to sex house. <laughs> I would say it's closer to sex house because it's actually very close to sex house. Cause all they do is have sex with each other. But I think the idea is that like, there's no rules. Nobody gets voted out of the castle. There's no host. It's just a camera. That's, in this restaurant uh, and Lisa Vanderpump will be like, my waitresses and my bartenders are always screwing. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. And then it just shows them and they're like, we hate Katie so much. We think that Stassi slept with Jax and we're pretty sure about it. And then uh, like four episodes later, it turns out that they did and they lied about it. And everyone's like that slut. And it's just great. And that's it. It has no value. It has, there's no value to society it's just great <laughs> but ideal uh, for like to... working out and just mindlessly like taking something ah, in. i'm i am riding my bike and i'm drinking my little glass of water and i'm just like uh you gossiping bitch like yeah get her you know and they're just constantly picking on someone for whatever reason and they're just like we don't like her anymore and then they just they they just bully this person and i observe it as a third party <laughs> Uh, and then I forget about it because it's not important. But yeah, it's it's great to pass the time. 
Nice. Do you think you especially like it because of your time in the service industry? I, add anything to it, or is it? Like, I think is so. It bullshit? Or yeah, it's I mean, no matter what, it there's much. Most of it is not about their serving. Yeah. Like it takes. It's funny. It takes place in a restaurant, but at no point is it like, I forgot the order at table forty seven. It's always because We're not Sheena percent cogs. We're yeah. gonna go under. <laughs> we have to eighty six. Uh, chicken Krispies. It's always because oh, somebody's <laughs> sleeping with now. somebody else. It's always sex related. Like it's always because somebody's flirting with somebody else's boyfriend, or there's a rumor going around that uh, somebody, the new girl, slept with uh, somebody's ex, and like it's upsetting everyone. Um, but there's really good twists and turns in it that I guess for, you know, a reality show are pretty juicy where you're just like, I can't believe that they lied to each other for like an entire season. It's very good. Um, but yeah, it's absolute garbage. And I usually don't uh, partake. And so it's been a really nice, enjoyable part for me. But similarly to what you're going through, Mike, I'm on season two. I just started this journey. Apparently, Vanderpump has like 10 seasons, which sounds crazy because it's the same people, more or less. Like it's like the same group. So for like 10 seasons, these people are like sleeping with each other and getting mad at each other. I don't understand where it's going to go. You get a whole journey, Mike, where like crazy shit happens in your show. Like characters go through massive changes and uh, you know, not everybody makes it. And it's just like, in this one, it's not like Lisa's gonna die. They're just gonna keep having sex with each other. So I don't understand how it's supposed to stay entertained, but I'm gonna try. Jesus. <laughs> Have either of you watched The Curse at all? The Uh-oh. Nathan Fielder show? No, not yet with Emma Stone. Yeah, we subscribe to Showtime just to check that out because, like, you know, I just I can't subs- I can't be bothered to subscribe to Showtime for anyone else. I wouldn't do it, but Nathan Fielder and the joy yeah. that man's not just in the stuff, not just Nathan for you in the rehearsal, but also the stuff he's executive produced, like How to with John Wilson, and everything. It's like mm-hmm. literally anything Nathan Fielder's name is attached to. I have loved without reservation. So it's like, all right. This is him doing scripted stuff, which is really weird to me because I associate him with not scripted stuff. Uh, it is weird. And we watched one episode and we're like, what the fuck is this? And we weren't really going to continue with it. And then like a day or two later, both Bonk and I had realized we were both still like thinking about it. And like, this is so weird. And we just have to see where this goes. And we're like five or six episodes in now. I think there's like 10. I think they're about to do the finale. And I don't know if it's going anywhere. It's just got the weirdest fucking tone. It's funny. But I don't even know how that, you know, it's uh, also Benny Safdie. It's one of the Safdie brothers did like uncut gems yeah. and everything. If ever there was like a duo that would make something very odd, it's Benny Safdie and Nathan Fielder. Yeah, I haven't seen anything like it, but like all the performances, like Safdie's in it, Fielder's in it, Emma Stone's in it. How did he get Emma Stone? To be in it? Yes. I, uh, I'm i going to be honest with you. Like he's genius, but she's Emma Stone. They're married in the uh, in the show. Again, how did he <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it? Like, uh, well, he. I feel like that happens a lot. Like Susan Sarandon's son was super into him, so she did that Conan bit with him or something. With That's Nathan's? She, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. You've seen the Susan Sarandon and Nathan Fielder thing they did on Conan, right? Was or that Jimmy the one? Fallon, whatever there was. was the Kimmel one where he like prepared the entire thing. Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh, if you haven't seen, look up Nathan Fielder, Susan Sarandon on the talk show. They go on, and I'm not going to spoil the bit, but it's pretty good. But apparently her son was super into him, 
that's how Danny DeVito came across Sonny, apparently. Like, I don't know. I'm wondering if it's one of those things. But, like, also, he's got a lot of money to throw around these days. So, like, if Emma was available... Well, I guess HBO gave him that, like, that deal for, like, three different shows or something. Benny and Safdie's this, like, hot, like, director. Not hot, but, like, <laughs> like Benny, Benny Safdie's on fire. Noted director. hot director. <laughs> Smoking babe. hot. Benny uh, I just feel like she's absolute award winning. She's won, like, Academy Awards, like, I think she just freaking won, like, another Golden Globe. Like, she's this, she's an incredibly renowned actress. Uh, she's in blockbuster AAA movies all the time. She probably has her pick of the litter. And she was just in Poor Things, which I haven't seen, but I would love to. I've heard it's phenomenal. And to me, this was like one of those things where it's like, I've sh Poor Things is my year. It's what it's taking up everything. And I have a little bit of time and I... Uh, I'm going to slot this in. I mean, both Safdie and Fielder are both like kind of hot commodities. You know, they haven't really missed. So I, I feel like there would be a certain amount of prestige to be associated with the show. She doesn't making. fucking miss. That's what I'm She's saying. We're talking about three people who like all their shit is like in, pristine, you know? Well, She's probably been in some some stinky stinkers. I realize watching the show, <laughs> I have not seen a ton of her stuff. Let me see. Uh, La La Land. Have not Super seen bad. that. Easy. Oh, a. I, saw, I forgot she was in Super Bad. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen uh, that. Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, all those are like extremely renowned. Like they're the people talk about them. What is she most known for? Because like watching, I was like, why? Probably when did La La she kind of drop? When Probably she La La Land oh, okay. was huge. That won the but Oscar. but that's not when Easy she showed A's. up. That's different. That's no, like her biggest movie. Super Bad was her first. Wasn't Superbad the breakout? She's very young in that, yeah. She was also, wasn't she in, um, what's the one, Zombie? Was it Zombieland? Oh, right. Zombieland, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that, okay. Zombie uh, Rules Zombieland 101. Double Tap, she plays Wichita. Yeah, okay. The Double Tap is the sequel to Zombieland, isn't it? Oh, she was in Birdman. Oh, yeah, she was Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. oh she, she was in... I tell you, she in she's in them all. She does the voice of Amanda yes. in Sleeping Dogs. What the oh, hell? Oh, wait, the video game. That's not what I... Wow. Weird. Drive? That's... Oh, TV... They made... Okay, that's a TV series. Never mind. That's not the drive that I know. Huh. <laughs> drive 3. Driver 3. Oh, she was in a Spider-Man. That seems big. Yeah, she uh... was a Mary Jane. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Huh. Yeah, she's big. She's huge. But La La Land, I would say, was her, like... Oscar moment, even though they didn't. Uh, oh wait, know. I think she was the blonde in Spider Man. I might get mad, uh, people mad at me for that. Gwen Who Stacy. Was, I think she was Gwen Stacy. I'm pretty sure. She was, in which is funny because she's uh, she's a redhead most of the time, but oh, in the right. Spider Man she's blonde. So I I'm I can't remember now. Forgot she it's was funny. I don't remember what her character's titled, but I remember she was blonde because she was hot. <laughs> she was she a pop was. star apparently. She's in a lot of good stuff. I'm just saying. Well, she's like she's awesome in the show. Like she is like all three of them are just excellent in the show. I am not shocked. I know that she's going to be good in it. I just I remain that he's a lucky duck to <laughs> obtain her. Yes. I think that uh, she's a he's batting above his <laughs> average <laughs> is what I'm saying. His <laughs> he's, yeah. uh, you know, she a 10. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. So good for him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone's um, very unlikable on that show. Like every, if, if you're somebody who needs like a likable protagonist or something, like everybody's super unlikable in the curse. It's because she's such a good actress, you know. She's I awesome. bet you she can play a real bitch. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas Nathan Fielder, I question if he's a good actor. I just think he's an unlikable uh, weirdo. I don't think he's unlikable. <laughs> I just think he's weird. Like you don't really ever see like behind the veil. Like he's is there unlikable. a normal guy there? There's that one clip from Nathan for you where the guy's talking about drinking his grandson's pee and you see Nathan break <laughs> and then it's like, okay, he does realize how fucking funny he's all this is. Yeah, he's just a guy yeah. who knows what he's doing is he's fucking caught. hilarious. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the like superhumanizing moment for me. Yeah. I think every once in a while, even if he's not breaking, there was every once in a while, there's this thing that he does when he knows that he can say something funny and he'll be like interviewing someone <laughs> and you'll see it and he'll do like this. Oh, yeah. Like he'll he'll kind of smirk. Not really, but I can I can see the sparkle in his eyes where he's like, I'm going to fucking say something so funny after this. He was interviewed by someone. Um, I forget what this was for. And the guy was like, I've always been a fan of your work. And Nathan was like, name your favorite piece that I was in. And the guy was like, no, 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 I like them all. <laughs> and Nathan goes, but name me your favorite. And the guy goes, don't do this to me. I'm saying I like everything that you've ever made. And Nathan goes, name one. <laughs> the guy is like fucking melting in his chair. And you can tell Nathan's like, I fucking got you, you little bitch. Like he loves it. He he loves to eat people for breakfast. Like he mm -hmm. enjoys that. I'll never understand yeah, people yeah. who like can't like, whether it's like something scripted like Curb or something just awkward and real like Nathan for you that like can't handle watching like awkward situations like that or the rehearsal. Like I feed oh off that God. like every fucking Nathan for you episode I'm just in delight the, from beginning till end like I can't imagine I, not I, yeah. I, I feel I feel bad for anyone who can't enjoy the stuff he does I enjoy that stuff very much I can definitely imagine why people don't like it like it's it's about finding comedy <laughs> in discomfort and awkwardness yes. and no one's ever been like better feeling, at that I think no not at all yeah he's a he's a magician with it <laughs> um I, yeah I, I'll watch I might watch true freak at some point we're gonna keep going back, yeah. Saul. I watched. But then you have to, then you have Movie's to download good. stuff. Mm. I didn't like Saltburn. <laughs> I liked what's it. The, what's I, the gimmick with that? Is that a show, movie, movie? It's a movie, it's and it's a, like the same of... trope that everything happens, where it's like there's a nerdy guy and there's a bunch of rich people, and he's like, I hope I can join them in their elite status, so it's and then he does, and then fucked up stuff <laughs> happens. It's totally well, Caddyshack. Okay. I will. Yeah, Mary. I, I'm I'm largely on board with you. I think it's yes, tropey as hell, but I think it. But I think. The second half like plays with that to a to an extent that I don't know whether another like opulent or rich uh, voyeurism movie has. Yeah, I, well, I think you're right. I think it it toys with the concept of it, and then it like I don't uh, without it's hard to to get no, into yeah, it without spoiling it. But there's there's a point where I'm like. You've lost yourself. You don't know yeah. what this is anymore, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you are now just. Uh, it's almost like the writer was really enjoying themselves and then they started huffing paint in like Q4. <laughs> At some point they were like, I have the best fucking way to end this. And then they decided on that, even though no, like nobody, <laughs> nobody stopped them and they just went ape shit with this film. It's entertaining. I'll tell you that. And it's filled with hot people. If you want to watch hot people, like go down on each other and drink a lot of booze. Oh, oh drink bath cum. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. That's yep. very intense. But drink bath cum, cum bath water. 
and yeah. huh. slurp fuck, it up from the drain. In a, fuck in the a ground. Someone just go off. for it. Jesus. Like enjoy yourselves. And I'm fuck just a grave. Fuck a grave. That someone. <laughs> These are all spoilers, Mike. This is those are like genuine. Those that is a genuine. You should not have said that. I should have not gone that far. That, those are all spoilers. I think this we should bleep those awesome. out. Awesome! I love this movie. What the, the more hell? we talk about it, no, it's not awesome. But the, those are like I think those minutes. are like things that make you fifty. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> these are just things that I think will make people be like, "That was crazy, right?" But like, to what yes. end? There's, to what end? I I think it veers pretty far into shock value. Like, yeah, we're gonna do this a bit too often for my taste. I still enjoyed watching the movie, though. I didn't see Promising Young Woman, which Emerald Fennell also directed. Um, oh, my God. It's very similar. I think yeah. Promising Young Woman actually has a very similar curvature, which is just like, it's on the rails, it's on the rails, it's on the rails. Uh, a Black Mirror episode. You know what I mean? Like, where yeah. you're just like, all right, you, you've gone so far at this point. But I, whatever. I, the more I think back in the movie, the more I'm like, I agree with you. I think, it, I think they do cool things to play with the tropes of like the geek coming into the opulent like rich voyeurism world and i do think that movie several cases goes for shock value over something that truly works for a character but uh i still enjoyed watching it but it, it was entertaining i agree um dan you should watch saltburn i think you'll hate it i think <laughs> i think, I think bonk like watched it and was not super hot on it if i remember right yeah. but she did love uh, poor things you brought, you brought up poor things that. earlier and, and bonk love that i want to see that i chose to see the boy and the heron the new miyazaki this weekend instead uh if what i could i would have seen <laughs> you monster <laughs> Sorry. if i could i would have seen both i would have loved to seen both uh, and when I got out of the boy and the heron, there was a line out the door for the bathroom, um, as usual. So I was standing in line and a lady was in front of me and she turned around and she goes, did you just get out of poor things too? And she said it like that. And I went, no, I saw the boy in the heron. And she was like, what? And just like turned around and didn't engage oh, with me like, for the rest of the bathroom. She was just like, what is that? Um, so I don't think it's transcendent, right? Like, um, Miyazaki is prolific, but for a lot of Americans, everyone's like, what is that? Is that the new Pixar? It's like, no, this is very that different. castle moves and howls? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> I, I saw Ferrari and I don't know why, but for like the first hour plus, I was thinking of Mike Mahardy. Why? I, was the character know, really, something about was the main character re really annoying? No, it was something about like Adam Driver and like, you know, they're living in Europe and he's talking about like fancy cars and stuff. Something about it was like, this is like, there's going to be like a Mike Mahardy movie at some point about it, but it's just replace cars with wine. Uh, and that's what this is going to be. And that's, I was not yeah, super. I don't know anything about cars. No, no, I, I was, I, I was replacing cars with wine in my head. And I was like, if you knew that, this is just a Mike Mahardy biopic. That's. <laughs> Such That's a boring uh, film. I'm flattered, I think. <laughs> well, Actually, Frazier's entertaining. And then <laughs> there's stuff that happens later on, and then we were like, well, okay, this picked up. And then I, I liked the movie by the end. But uh, yeah, because I don't know shit He about died cars. in a freak wine accident. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, that was an explosion at the uh, factory. Yep. Uh, his wife got a cork to the face. 
It's, Don't kill my wife in this scenario. Sorry, I just I I did I did a uh, what do you call it the wife in the fridge trope of oh, your yeah, yeah. of your by of your life. There's a couple yeah. fridge tropes, right? In Indiana Jones and in the or is that just is it a trope if it was just one stupid thing in one movie like Indiana Jones no. getting in the fridge? That's not a trope. A trope uh, is that, that happens over and over and over again, right? Yeah. A wife no, in the a... fridge trope is a very specific trope of your wife dying and it. It's God uh, of War. In, it motivates the protagonist to be like to do the protagonist's job no, um, at the expense of their dead with wife. That trope. It's subverted. <laughs> Who is this? Who is this character? Someone I know. <laughs> I think we all I know these know. people. Pro- probably someone I know. Statistically, God of War Ragnarok is a gift to men it. and men only. <laughs> now now get mad that GTA you have to play a female protagonist. <laughs> uh, there's a woman in GTA 6. I'm going back to 5. Fuck this. I can be three dudes in 5. Team. Yeah, you can play three dudes each harder than the next. <laughs> I'll be dead I'll be dead in the ground before I play a woman. Um <laughs> No, I, 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 yeah, I would live in Europe. Yeah, just, there's just something about like the finer things and Europe and all this stuff. And I was like, this is like a Mike Mahardy movie. I like nice things. I know, that's what I was thinking of you. I, I, I like Europe. <laughs> I, I like, God, you people listening since episode one have fully seen the entire arc of you two. I think still by the time we started the show, thought I was putting on airs about the thing, certain things I like. No, I've known you for a long time. I've I've known it's yeah, all I genuine guess, with I, you. I think I guess we haven't been doing the show nearly as long. No, that's yeah, I guess. But there are still people I think who like. I know I don't know shit about cars, and I'm not. I don't think I'm a douche, but I'm definitely the douchiest of us three. We've talked about that. <laughs> You're but, not a douche, but somebody like walking through a room if you were talking about certain things might think like, "You hear that douchebag?" Like anyone who knows you, I think doesn't think you're a douche. But if you He's just either- caught, if, if this was playing in a car, if the fire escape cast was playing in a car, and certain things you brought up at length were playing in the car, they'd be like, "What the fuck is this you're listening to with this douchebag?" But yeah. anyone who knows you knows you're not. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not a douche. I'm just on the spectrum. <laughs> I'm not calling you one. That comes out in certain <laughs> ways when I'm very in, obsessed with certain things. On a zero to ten douche spectrum, who's a ten? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Elon? Uh, no, I mean, I would even put him in. Who, no, who's like, um, uh, who's that guy that just got arrested for trafficking people? Andrew he was, Tate? He was always like, yes. Yeah. He strike. He's like number. He's ten douche scale. Elon's like mm. nine point five, maybe. Oh, Elon's got to be maxed out. Although, I would think. although, yeah, the it's old gotta be high. Those new cars. He is a douche. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Tate for sure. But Andrew Tate's now like an actual like felon. Uh, global felon. Yeah. Yeah. Like Interpol wanted him. Yeah. Yeah. Those are also just bad people. Yeah. Is there a good example of a douche that's not criminal? Yeah, they're just douchey. Who's the most, yeah, okay, non-criminal douchebag. That's just, sucks. Or are they always connected? Oh, that's a great question. No, not I all douchebags are criminals. No. And I, I wouldn't I say all criminals are douchebags. Justin Trudeau, has he been, he, I don't think he's a, he's really douchey, is he? I'm going to Google Trudeau? biggest I, douchebags. Do it. I hope they don't die this year. <laughs> well, <laughs> if they're on yet. the biggest douchebag list. Oh, right. Well, like, we're also trying to establish... <clears throat> That 
not intrinsically as a douchebag, like, oh, I suppose it is a bad person. But like when we're saying that Mike has, you know, that there's douchey tendencies, but he's not a douchebag. I just want to not associate am, Mike with negative things. Unfortunately, I am into a couple things that douchey people sure. get into on a surface level <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to try to be interesting. Okay, okay, uh -huh. okay, here. Non-criminal douchebags, unless, like, listen, I don't know everything. <laughs> dot com. I don't know if there's a <laughs> polygon.com's list of non-criminal douchebags. I, again, uh. I don't know enough about him to know if there's anything criminal or not, uh, but, like, a Logan Paul. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I. Do you think yeah. he knows more about wine than you, Mike? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. But is, wait, is Logan Paul the boxer? Is that they're Jake? both both him and his brother are boxers. They're the same person. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Now I've never seen them like in the same room. Now I'm thinking of put, all put the it this way: that are I, backstage at a WrestleMania once, uh, I recorded a podcast uh, segment with him, and he came off so douchey in that segment that people at WWE listened to it and were like, we cannot air this. He comes off terribly. That is a wrestling I think podcast. there has yes. been some actual suspect stuff with him. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, Oh, um, I have one. Kid Rock. Mm. He's actually being, well. Is he criminal? He's no. being like. He's just like really he's annoying. He's a douchebag. Definitely. He's more of an <laughs> asshole, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like he's he's intentionally lowbrow. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Why Are you saying douchebag is only with highbrow things? I feel like you can be a douchebag no, and when you go lower and like when you go like be mm, a Dorcas Malorcus. High class is more douchebag, right? More I think like Kid Rock is more asshole. More likely, but I don't know if it's necessary. Like he was he was his he was shooting guns at Bud Light stuff. During that's that whole. that's asshole behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is asshole behavior. What about um oh god, who was I gonna fucking say? Shit, I just had someone. God damn it, sorry. You've got people like Blank. Jordan Peterson. That's a different um, category. Well, he's definitely a douchebag. That's like borderline cult leader. We're obviously good at establishing when someone is Jared but not Leto. good at finding them. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Although that That's might also bag. be criminal. That's perfect. That I don't I, I think there are rumors of maybe criminal stuff but like grade A douchebag. He's a freak of nature. Just fuck yes, that guy. Yeah. yeah, that's a great example, Dan. Thank Good you. job. I've hated that nice. man for a long time. He's yeah. just someone, I but, don't like to judge a book by its cover or anything, but I just, you watch two seconds of that guy talking or you see him on stage or anything, like that guy's a fucking douchebag. Yeah, um, when he's the, acting as another person, I still can't stand it. Yeah, like in, when Fight Club came out and he got the shit kicked out of him, I was like, yeah, that seems right. Yay, I didn't even know who he was then. Webster's defines douchebag as... Well, a jerk or asshole, a mean or rude person, someone who's seen as arrogant, snobby, or obnoxious. I think that's so the difference between I, douchebag and asshole. I think douchebag, there is the arrogant, snobby type thing. I think asshole is just like brash, drunken, just, ah, fuck you, you know, like right. kid rock style. A douchebag is a holier-than-thou yes. type vibe. Yes, Okay. Absolutely. I think we're establishing as Jared Leto as a 10, um, who's like a one. Like anti douchebag. But one is not douchebag. Like who's just a really nice like Jake Decker, Obama. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. just a regular person. Regular people, the former your <laughs> president of the United States, an average Joe, yeah. an average Joe, as you would say. Yeah. He seems cool though. <laughs> Tim Terry. 
Oh, <laughs> Tim Turry is the anti douchebag, 100. percent Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just super selfless. I, was and... I saw him kill a douchebag once. Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! Well, he's murderous, but he's not a douchebag. Yeah. That's very anti douchebag. It was within the, the uh, it was within the boundaries of the law. <laughs> he stayed at my place last weekend. Still a very very nice guy. Turns out. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I like him a lot. Uh, do you want to talk about video games? Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I guess. Keep talking about douchebags. <laughs> Mike and Mary, it is a new year. And you know me, I always say I like to start the year with something new. So this year. You always say that. I always Every say year. It. But this year, we'll 2024, <laughs> I am expanding I my palate to uh, try some new wines with First Leaf. With personalized wines and convenient shipping, First Leaf makes it easy to explore new wines from around the world. Yes, it is great. If you're a beginner, you could just log in if it's your first time and they're going to give you a few uh, tests. They're going to ask you, like, do you like almonds or toast or do you like coffee? Do you like dark chocolate? They'll uh, they'll put together your first box uh, based on those answers. But you can also get into their fine wine collection, which I've been doing. Uh, I got a Carmenere from Chile, which I'm excited to try out. I've been on a Carmenere uh, kick. I got a Bordeaux Blanc, which is going to be nice to pair with some uh, some fish tacos I plan on making this weekend and a Cabernet Sauvignon from Spain. I'm looking forward to trying them all because the last time we got fine wines from First Leaf, they were all great. Mary, tell them how they can get in on this wine action. Try something new this year with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash fire escape to sign up and you'll get your first six hand curated bottles for just $44.95. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash fire escape. Tryfirstleaf.com slash fire escape. Wine. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms All right. Games are coming out again. We've got... How many... How many weeks into... Two weeks into January. Mm-hmm. But they're coming. Got Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth on the horizon. Tekken 8. Got Last of Us... Last of Us Part 2 remastered with its oh. roguelike. We got Tekken 8. We got uh, Pal World, which is like Pokemon with guns. Oh, that thing, yeah. Got Enshrouded. A lot of things. That, uh, what the hell? that Brian Cox video was very smart. 
the Tekken 8 I didn't thing. watch it yet. I know the general gist of it. I did not watch it. It was just yet. whoever came up with that in Namco, just hats off. That had everyone talking. It was extremely well done. Brian Cox, like, was... I don't say he's into it, but he's playing into it exactly the way he should. Like, he's doing the Brian Cox gravitas, talking about the fucking Mishima devil gene, and it's completely insane. I love that video. Uh, I guess we might as well get get a bummer of a game out of the way up front. Uh, Prince of Persia with the Lost Crown. Now, Mike, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We haven't I'm talked to hear the thing. Yeah, for real, yeah. we we have not talked about this, me and you, at all. Uh, I beat it yeah. this morning as of this recording. Because you hated it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, you've no, been no, no, joking. I, I don't know if you're joking, joking because it's so obviously good. Is it? I think it's a pretty obviously great metroid okay i like it a lot i'm still very early on all things told uh we'll talk after i'll tell you where i am but i'd say four hours (laughs) okay well uh here okay so i we're not gonna give explicit spoilers about like you know please no don't no 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 no. the game's the game's not even gonna be out as of this no no but i I think you know i can talk about how long it is and things like that like things like surprisingly excellent metroid feels great on a mechanical level great boss fights so far this is just my experience great boss fights so far um great quality of life things that yes. like i hope metroid does in the yes. future map wise mm-hmm. yeah, we can talk about that oh my god yes there's so much to talk about with uh, this yeah yeah, yeah. It, but i mean like i i i'm not into the characters on nope. like a, oh i can't wait to see what happens with this character next but the character design is cool the um, look of the game is good but uh don't expect the story or the characters to suddenly get great and that's not just me yeah. mr don't like stories and games guy yeah uh, i've talked to people who do very much like stories and games and like i don't know anyone that is like oh it's really into the story so like but it's metroidvania there's not a ton of story there are some like boss fight intros and stuff that you can skip on the second third fourth try and stuff like that um but yeah don't expect characters or story to be great here there's a lot of stuff where you pick up a collectible and there's seven paragraphs of text and it's like this is what is this like so Mm -hmm. let's get the bad stuff out of the way that's there's very few bad things i can say about this game i would say yeah character story things like that but all the things that matter to me in a metroidvania this hits so hard and like like you said it feels good right away and that goes so far to me especially in like a metroidvania where the platforming and the combat the combat is so much better in this than damn near any like metroidvania i've played before um because this has almost like a devil may cry bayonetta type of combo uh melee you know your your air juggles and things like that you're a doing sprint kick that's the most satisfying thing ever oh, the, the, the the slide and you kick him up in the air you jump up you hit him a couple times you you parry him up or you uh you stagger or, him up yeah. there with an arrow hit him down or if you're if you're sprinting and then you just press the attack he'll do this like diving uh what do you drop kick yeah you, you um, can hold it in charge yeah. throw like a beam thing later oh, and, and here's the thing i don't want to spoil too many abilities and things like that because that is one of the best things about this game is I, I beat it in about 22 hours, I want to say. And um, that entire time, yeah, yeah. The entire time I was getting upgrades and abilities that like every like couple hours, I feel like I was getting something where I was like, oh shit. Like, you know that feeling in a, in a Metroidvania where you get the double jump finally? And it's like, oh mm-hmm. man, this opens up so much. I can't wait to go back and see all this. It does that a bunch of different times with a bunch of different abilities and the versions of each of these upgrades feels so yeah. fucking good. Like the double jump yeah. fucking fantastic. The, uh, uh, there's so many little details where it's like so much thought went into everything in this game. Like if you jump forward and in the middle of the jump, you kind of hold back, 
Like there's like an animation. You'll see your guy kind of like transition into a backflip and things like that. Like that's not a major thing by any means, but like there's so much thought in everything. Like there, there's an air dash and the animation for it is the wall run from, it took me like a couple hours after getting the air dash that I realized like, holy shit, he's doing the like signature, like wall run from the old like Santa time trilogy. There's just so, so much care and TLC put into like everything in this game. Um, God, I, I don't, well, don't even want to say, Mike. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, I also, again, only four hours in. Each time I've gotten a weapon or ability that I think I know what it does, I'm like, okay, sure. I get what a bow and arrow does specifically. And then this game is very good about toying with like what you get. Like, I feel like there's a wrinkle to everything this game is doing so far. Um, but quality of life wise, holy shit. The thing Dan and I were mentioning uh, more and more Metroidvanias are games with maps in general are allowing you to place custom markers. Breath of the Wild type Lost stuff, Crown. yeah. Yeah, Lost Crown does something very smart in that all you have to do when you're standing still, if you see a chest that's out of reach because you don't have the double jump yet or you don't have the air dash or what have you, uh, you just literally hold down on the directional pad uh, playing on Switch. I'm assuming it's the you same. Tap, on, you just uh, tap down, yeah. Controllers. Uh, oh, I just have to... Yeah, you have to. It says it told me to hold. It takes oh, I thought, a little bit for I thought the, it was the tap worked, but yeah. Either way, you basically just take a screenshot of that what you're looking at. That like the, what this you take a screenshot and then it adds it to that spot on your map. Yeah. So if you see a marker on your map, you don't have to put like a treasure chest or a sword like you do in Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. It's specifically the screenshot you took, so you could see exactly. The, what it is you're reminding your future self to return for yeah it's like oh right i couldn't make this jump but there was this like triangle of energy up there i don't know what that means or whatever and you can look at your literal screenshot on the map and it's like okay now once i know what that means yeah. i can go back there so you've got the breath of the wild map markers you got your own personal like screenshots you're putting on the map and then also it auto adds these map markers like if i'm trying to enter this room from the right and there's a there's something blocking it it will add on the map a like arrow pointing to the left, showing me that oh, like that's what those are. I yes, that. so it only shows up after you've encountered that, and then you're like, so you know exactly what the deal is. Like, okay, I couldn't get in there because there's something blocking it. It's mm -hmm. just or is it saying that you can only go one way through? It's pointing at the obstacle. So if you're on the right trying to go to the left and there's a, a block or something, it'll just be an arrow kind of going down to the left, letting you know that like I got to find some way to get. Here's where the block is, you know. That's an excellent update for all Metroidvanias because one of my biggest criticisms with Metroidvanias is I will constantly be like, why couldn't I go yes. into this room? I will revisit and I'll be like, oh, right. It requires like it, the door is blocked or requires a key or requires a triple jump. And then I, it gets, it's frustrating if that happens to a player more than once or twice. So yeah, yeah that's a brilliant idea is just to like, let you know, there's a reason why you can't go into this this space yet. yeah it's like that version of like you know in metroid there would be like doors where it's like you know on the map they show up as green and then you know like oh i need the super missile for that or something but like this goes a step further and it's like here's within rooms where you couldn't access um there's also uh fuck uh god damn it i already i'm I keep drawing like oh the amulets yes that's what I was gonna talk about so your amulets are like the perks you can uh, you can add and adjust so when you start you have a necklace that has like three spots four different things you can pick up and so it's like okay this one is like uh, fire damage does less damage or uh, you know your your air attacks give you a little more or like damage that are that you're bringing in will be converted to this like basically like rage meter energy. Um, but as it goes on, you unlock a lot of slots for, for your amulets. And so if you encounter a boss and you're getting your ass kicked, 
But then you realize like, oh, wait, okay, I think I really need to do a lot of like melee attacks with this, or I need to really focus on arrow stuff or defense against this type of thing. You can respawn at one of the trees that's like a save point, and then you can kind of customize like, okay, I can fit this many amulets in here, and like some of them cost different stuff. Like this is a really good one that costs three slots. This one's one, but I'll cover the uh, arrows. I'll cover this defense I need, and I'll power up my air attacks and stuff like that. So then you go back and you kick their ass and... Yeah, that's you really get to adjust based on whatever challenges you're dealing with. Yeah, it's great. Um, it caught me off guard. I mean, I, well, I, I there were some pretty glowing previews a couple a few weeks ago, but I mean, I'm trying to think of what what are the what were the last good 2D Metroidvania been? Would have been Dread. Dread would be the last one. Um, I mean, I would say in terms of like that top tier of Metroidvanias, it's like Symphony Night, Super Metroid are like the the top ones but like all those you know ds and gba castlevanias and, and numerous metroid zero mission infusion all that shadow complex i feel like this is in that conversation i'm not going to say this is better than symphony night or anything crazy you know but like it is in that top tier of the genre you know so you know you go down you know five I or six steps and yeah then you've got you know the hollow knights of the world but yeah yeah um yeah. but yeah this it's is up, up there, there with the good ones yeah um I think that's fantastic. Ori, and Ori is one of my favorites. Ori is a good you one. This is better. I, I like this Ori a lot better than Ori. Lovely. Yeah. <clears throat> what makes you like it more than something like Ori, I which think, is like a very modern take on Metroid and very good. And, and I love that combat. second Ori specifically. I really <laughs> loved that Ori. Um, oh, I okay. feel like Ori really excelled in style. Uh, it also was really good. And, and also like the very kind of crafted platforming segments where like you're getting chased and it's, you know, this very kind of specific sequence of events while you're, you know, these cinematic sequences. This is a little more traditional in terms of Metroidvania, uh, in terms of just like the combat and exploration and things like that. Um, Ori is the more stylish one, I would say. Uh, I do like this one better. This is like you took a more classic Super Metroid or something tonight, but then added really solid melee combat and the boss fights. Like, they're all fucking fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say Ori struck... Uh, four hours into Lost Crown, I will say Ori strikes me more as a platform-centric Metroidvania. Mm. Lost Crown strikes me as more combat-centric. Um, so it far. It's pretty... Metroid. Like, okay, I, I played... Like, platforming is probably, like, my favorite genre. And this is... There are moments where I'm like, this is really testing me. Or moments where I didn't even think things were possible. And I really had to think, oh, wait, I've got this, this ability and this ability. And maybe I could make it and do a wall jump off that if I did this. And I would, like, surprise myself. Like, holy shit, I didn't know that was possible. And it, and it works. So the yeah. platforming is very I, th difficult. I think it's just that Ori from the outset is platforming is its identity almost like right away. Whereas this, I haven't gotten to any parts yet where I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm not saying it's, it doesn't have good platforming puzzles and whatnot, but it's definitely like so far it's on a scale of like uh, pitfall to super meat boy. It's, it's, it's towards super meat boy, but it's not, it's not Ori yet. There, there is, there are, there are challenges in this game that are very much in that like Celeste super meat boy or those Celeste, like super yeah. challenging, like, you know, 3d Mario levels and things like I that. I love that shit. There are things on that level. There was one in particular that like, as I was trying to finish the game today, I got to, and I tried like six or seven times and I got close. I know I can do it. I'm going to go back, but I was like this, uh, I'm going to have to come back to this cause I want to beat this game before fire escape. Uh, but very, very difficult in a good way, even if you're like a seasoned platforming fan. It's awesome that you're so into it. It's I feel like awesome. um, the the visual style isn't super my 
yeah. my jam. Um, right. But <clears throat> that's not enough to stop me from playing it. It has a very... Um, I'm actually not sure how to describe this art style. It's kind of muddy at, at first, at uh, least. I mean, you're in the desert at the beginning, but like... Right. It's almost like a little Overwatch character vibe to the characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it's strange to combine the words muddy and saturated, but that's how I would describe yeah. it. It's like they they put a lot of heavy satch in there to make sure that it's <laughs> eye-catching. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it works within the world. Ori's very saturated, but it has such a vibe to it that there's, okay, so I guess like just as I'm looking at it, a lot of the times in the side scrolling sections, in some spaces, the background is actually very simple. Like it's essentially like fog Mm -hmm. or it's sand. Um, And there's not a lot going on back there. Whereas like in an Ori, there was a whole goddamn forest back there and there was so much to look at. I mean, Ori in the whole game looks like a painting, you know, uh, I, I think in this, I, there were certain like boss designs and things like that, that I thought were really cool. But like Ori is definitely the better looking game between the two. I'm very excited to play this. You have, you have my attention. It is a, uh, a dewy sure. game of a very high caliber. I would say. They, I they love get those. Right, they get right into the dewy and the power ups and the new abilities pretty quickly. Like, very quick. Even the boss and then fights the one, and stuff. Early on, there's a part where it was asking you to go talk to all your like teammates. I was like, ah, come on! And all of them like were ex- <laughs> they were all like they gave three sentences, and then it's like, all right, move on. I was like, all right, I like this crew. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then so like far. every boss fight, because like I, I died at most boss fights at least a couple times, and like it, you can just hold B, skip it. So yeah, it's yeah. it's it's not too bad with that, but it's it's not great the story stuff, but uh, the gameplay more than makes up for it. Weirdly enough, the way it feels, or at least like the way he transitions in and out of sprinting and jumping, reminds me of that Strider remake from like ten years ago. Yeah, somebody was just long? telling me about that. Yeah, the Strider on uh, it was it an XBLA it, right? or it was a PlayStation exclusive, wasn't? I think it might have been PlayStation. It was a PlayStation exclusive. It, it was, was good. PS4, yeah. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. It, it feels like I remember that game feeling, which is a compliment. Yeah, to be clear. no, I love um, that game. Uh, yeah, Lost Crown is great. It's it's out soonish, later this week, I believe, as of this believe publishing. Early access for like I don't know if it was a pre order thing or something is like the fourteenth and then wide release, I think is the eighteenth. So. Uh, yeah. January fifteenth is early access, maybe. That, and then eighteenth. Oh yeah, because it's three days prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um but yeah, especially like Prince of Persia's got that whole Santa Time remake in limbo kind of thing. Uh this like this game was just questionable for a while, so I'm glad to see them nail it. Uh, yeah it's, it's good it's been it's been a weird series like it's reinvented itself so many times between the old like was it on dos or like the old pc like very deliberate kind of platform it was more like an odd world game back in the day uh and then you had the sands of time trilogy was was a very different thing and then 08 which i loved i really really liked that direction for the series and i know that was a polarizing one and i wanted that to be what it was doing going forward but then the movie came out and they made the like forgotten sands which was the very forgettable just like eh, we're gonna make him look kind of like jake gyllenhaal and it's gonna have a very safe boring art style jake gyllenhaal played him oh my yes. god yes and then it just disappeared imagine after if that, that right? happened nowadays people would freak out. Oh, I didn't think of that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, Jake Gyllenhaal, of all people. I think um, we freaked out back then because he just didn't earn that I think role. we did. Oh, <laughs> he I mean, was, also, he was, that's like... He was just I not mean, a good fit for that role. In, in addition to everything yeah, that yeah, you yeah. are saying, yeah. I'm saying um, he doesn't, he 
he doesn't have the structure. He doesn't have the bone structure. He doesn't have like the the tummy for it. He didn't have the muscles. I feel like every time he was like holding like a scimitar or any type of weapon, it was like, you can't hold that Jake Gyllenhaal. Everyone knows that that guy has a bit of a doughy figure. Uh, until South South Isn't he the guy in, is it Southpaw? He's in Roadhouse, the remake. That he's, was after. Have you seen him? In, look up Jake Gyllenhaal Southpaw. Okay, I'll look. I can't spell uh, but yes, Mary, to your point at the this time, better not, he was not. This better not change me. <laughs> he was not. He was not like this at the time. This was. Oh, this I, was lo- like I look like that. That's fine. This better not. This better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he like divorced his oh wife so he could God. do the exercise for this movie. I'm not. I'm exaggerating. I'm sure, but I'm pretty sure he like broke up with his wife. Broke. That is what a divorce is. <laughs> Did he swallow a bunch of bean bags and they ended up in his belly? I th- I don't know, but he got like 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 too ripped for this movie. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. Yeah, too big. Oh, I really. was wrong. Yeah. Um, no, but this yeah, but at the time though, my point being, but uh, but yeah, he 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 does not have a doughy figure. Uh, but now points. I'm gonna Google Jake Gyllenhaal, Prince of Persia. <laughs> Imagine being the director of Prince of Persia, seeing Southpaw, be like, why the fuck couldn't you have done this for Oh, me? my God. He looks so soft. Really? <laughs> and they gave him a haircut that just you does know. not suit him. And he looks like at any moment he's going to write poetry. <laughs> just like doughy. <laughs> That's doughy. What are any of us? <laughs> Rosemary. <laughs> but no, he's probably not the best pick for the oh Prince of Persia. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Yeah, he looks no, I mean, ridiculous. he's not. Uh, I mean, I could take him, but he's. <laughs> he, I wouldn't call that doughy. His hair is real bad, though. Your spectrum of it is whether or not you could take them in a one on one. I uh, yeah, that's that's my spectrum for every person. Who are who are the few that you don't think you could take? I think we decided uh, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Is he is he number one? Um, yep, Nathan Fielder, <laughs> The Rock. Uh, the Rock gets pretty gas pretty quick these days. I could take him. Uh, I would love to watch a, you fight The Rock. A bear, like a black no, no, bear, no, bear in the bears wild. Are, bears are terrifying. I would never want to fight a bear. Any trained fighter, I think, would kick your ass. I had a dream the other night that I rescued a baby from underwater while an alligator was trying to stop me. It was horrifying. Jesus. I had to punch the alligator a few times. The baby's fine, (laughs) for the record. But um, I don't like alligators. I don't like... Whose baby was it? I don't know. I just walked into the ocean, and I had to go get it. (laughs) Alligators aren't in the ocean? That's a normal... Yeah, it was a dream. I don't (laughs) know. You have weird dreams? Your dreams are stupid. Yeah, my dreams are stupid. What did your hair look like? I don't know what I looked like. <laughs> I know, I, was, I know, I, I look good. That's all I know. How do you know it was a gata? Could have been a crocodile. Was there a lady in the background going, "My baby"? <laughs> this gators. Be careful, this gators. <laughs> that guy. Character. Y'all, y'all yeah. get down to buy you. There's gators. <laughs> no, I, I do that voice a lot around here because Amanda knows I don't like gators. Uh. Um, it's int- that's like a subconscious thing. Prince of Persia, Lost Crown is really good. Excellent. Great. I keep playing it. I'm hooked. Um, I am also playing Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I'm sure we'll talk more about that next episode, though, embargo-wise. Yeah, oh, okay, so you're not that. allowed. Ju- just saying that because those are the only two games I'm playing right now, yeah. unfortunately. 
I was I was I was on my RTS kick over the holidays, but uh, Mary, I believe you've been playing uh, something else, right? Yeah, I'm trying to try. I'm gonna do my best to pitch this to you because uh, you ha haven't had time because I think you've been really focused on Prince of Persia, but I. Uh, got a rekindling of an old game love from long, from years past, and it's uh, it's a really silly puzzle game that I find super addictive called Snake Bird. I played uh, about forty levels of that game uh, before we recorded tonight, so I could know what you're talking about. Yes. forty levels. Yeah, I'm so proud quick. of you, Dan. They're very well. No, you you said it was one of your favorite games recently, and I was like, I, I should check this out. It's not recent. It that. was years ago. It was like uh, back when I worked at GameSpot, I got really into this game. So this was a really long time ago. Um, Mike, there's no excuse. Um, you can basically start this game and beat five levels in a minute. Yes. Uh, just as a precursor. Right do it. Do it while I talk to Dan about she it. You code. You're a, you have no you're a bird and a snake. And uh, the concept of the puzzles is that you have to eat every fruit. Once you've done that, you can inch your way to the exit, but you have to eat the fruit first. And every time you move forward, the end of your snake also moves forward. Um, but every time you eat a fruit, you extend one block. Yeah, it's the old and snake it feels very... rattler game for like, you know, calculators, like the old, you know, snake game. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The snake game for your calculator. Yeah. But on this one, it's much more about the fact that it'll be like, when you bought, when you get this, uh, fruit, maybe you'll be one inch too long and you get stuck, or maybe you're still too short and you can fall in a hole. So it's about making sure you have eaten the fruits in the right order. And I would say this is a very classic example of super simple rules. It starts very easy. I think you can finish like 10 levels and be like, this game is too easy. Maybe it's like, maybe it's for dum-dums or I'm a genius. And then at some point around like 11, I don't know exactly when, I, I'd be very curious what happened to you, Dan, but somewhere in like the 20s, I was like, oh shit, I'm dumb. It's once, and, it start, and I started like, it really pushed me eventually. It's, it's once they start introducing things like spikes and stuff and you have to start thinking about yes. the way gravity plays in where it's like, oh, okay, if I move one step forward, my butt's going to go off the ground, which is going to make the snake fall onto the spikes. And uh, like things where it should be easy, like, okay, that apple is just like one off of this tree. I should be able to go there. But then it's like, wait, now, how do I get back? Because my snake butt is blocking the tunnel there. So you have to figure out how to position yourself. And then like pretty quick, they introduce like you're controlling two different snakes, snake birds. And you're yes. like L and R ing to select which one you want. And it's like, okay, well, this one, I'll make him lay flat. And the other one, I'll use him to, to push him forward towards the exit and get him across this gap. So I, I was impressed at the speed in which it was introducing like new ideas for sure. It, it absolutely starts to get complicated really quickly, but what's fun about it, and it reminded me of you, Dan, because you have um, recommended games to me where you're like, this is a really fun playing game. You can think about it, it won't pressure you. It's literally, there's no time limit, just enjoy yourself. I find this to be a very calming and relaxing, casual puzzle game that will challenge you um, over time. Uh, originally, I just find this interesting because I know because I've been playing this game for so goddamn long. I used to play the original Snake Bird years ago at GameSpot, but it was so hard so quickly. I was like, I think this game is for only brilliant people. And I think the devs, I, I actually don't know this story, but my assumption is, is that they were like, we should probably make like a precursor that helps 
ease people into how difficult this game gets. And so they made an easier game. And then I think this, what we're playing now, is the merger of the two. It's okay. essentially a game that now teaches you the concepts, the rules of the world, which is very beneficial. Um, a really good uh, example of that is there's an early level where it showcases two birds, two snake birds, and one is stuck. And you use one of the birds to push the other one out. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple level. There's nothing else to it. But what it's doing is that level is teaching the player that you can push your birds around when there's two in the world. I think the original game didn't have levels like that. And so I maybe I would get stuck for 20 minutes. and I'd be like, oh, I didn't know I could push them. Uh, this, this new version of the game is essentially like helping the player establish a lot of rules and boundaries so that by the time you get to those really tough levels, you should have everything you need to solve it. You just might, it might take your brain a little bit of time to work the rules around to figure it out. It get, it gets intense. I think, I mean, at some point, Dan, I have no idea how far I was back in the day, but it, back in the day, I was like 80s, 90s levels. And it was like, I was like, this game is only for geniuses and I can no longer play. It gets really good. Well, it is so simple, though, that like it is fun to see just this like single screen thing with only so many possible ways you can go. And it's like, OK, obviously this approach I'm using is not working. So I need to think of different approaches to this very specific like tunnel or this fruit that I need to get to or whatever. And it is so smart with like just the very quick like. One button, it's I always fuck up the face buttons on Switch, but the top one is the mm -hmm. restart entirely, Next. and it's a very, very quick one. One button restart, no confirmation, nothing like that. And then the other one, uh, I think it's the B, is just like one step back. So it's like, oh, shit, I went too far. Okay, let's, let's kind of, it's the undo button, basically. So there's, it never feels You'll like you're that. losing much progress <laughs> by any means. No, um, it's also very cute and bubbly. So for how frustrating the puzzles are, well, how, how much they become, because you, you will get stuck playing this game eventually. Mm -hmm. At some point, a puzzle will stump you. Um, all of the movements have these cute little noises and it's very adorable and they're, uh, it's extremely colorful and the music is very lighthearted and, and calming. And all of that I think is meant to combat the fact that these will rack your brain. Uh, so visually, this game is a delight, and it's just kind of nice to play around in the world. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's quite brilliant, and I think it will be. Although it's January, but I think it's, it is possibly like one of those plain games of the year, right? Like it is just a really nice puzzle game that you get to think about um, casually in time, and uh, it's well executed in nature. It's a very simple game. Yeah, I agreed. And I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out to me. It's, it's like you said on a, on a plane, it's going to be one where it's like, I'm scrolling through my game list. Like, ah, I just I want something to pass the time on this flight. I'm like, Oh shit. Right. I got a bunch of levels left in that. So I'll definitely go back to yeah. it. Even though it's not, it's a, or no, it didn't originally come out on, this isn't the original release, right? It was on PC. No, I think it was on Steam. I think I yeah. originally played it on Steam. And like I said, I actually think I played a different version, which is even crazier. This game is on Switch and I think it's on like it's coming out on like other play like Epic and stuff like that. So like it's on different spaces now. But um this is the updated version of the game that I think is the best for yeah. someone to play. I was gonna say it might be a candidate for best playing game this year, but I didn't know if it was actually technically uh what's the word I'm looking for? Technically came out this year. If it was eligible. Ah. E is it eligible? Let's find out. Okay, so this is actually a really good question. I will tell you this. Um, the Nintendo release date is November 15th, 2023, which is last year. 
but there's a cutoff, right? Like we stop allowing, like at some point, if a game comes out in December and it's like, we didn't even have time to play this, we we have done that we, before. We don't have bosses. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. I think we we make this I consider myself a boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we're our own bosses. Yes. I'd like um, to point out that now that Mary likes the game, she's tweaking the rules. Oh, we weird. Wait a minute. I'm not tweaking. Yeah. I'm saying... Funny. I'm saying that if a game that oh, you didn't, paths we travel. I am saying that even the game awards will be like, this game came out in December. So it was like after the grace period, I'm sure there's grace periods for everybody. Um, but yeah, I'm a liar and a thief and I've changed my mind. <laughs> but I, I'm, with, I'm with you on it because I think there's another one that we forgot to put on the list here that we've all played and it has uh -huh. something we should push. Lethal, oh, lethal company. company. Lethal company. I put that yes. down as a best play with buds of the year. I, I'm, I already started the 2024 categories doc, and I put <laughs> lethal company I love this as best play us. with buds of the year. So the thing we got to plug is we played this. Us and Jake Decker played Lethal Company and recorded it, and it's yeah, it's like what a couple hours long, close Dude, to that hour and a half. Such two a hours. good game. Yeah, it's on the yeah. Patreon. If you're I'm on the a, video tier, I'm addicted. Check it out. It's I played so much it today. Fun. Go, I didn't uh, write it down Patreon. to talk about, but I keep playing this goddamn game. I downloaded the mods, which Dan said that he did on Giant Bomb for a quick look. Mike, these mods change everything. I was losing my mind today. They have mods where you can do all these different dances. There is nothing funnier than being like chased by a monster and running by someone twerking. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get those suits? Like we were like in Wario suits twerking. Like, I, was, yeah. I was in a suit and you can flick people <laughs> off. It's so funny. It's a really, it's like a totally different game to play with mods. I actually think the mods are infinitely better. I just didn't know how valuable they are. Also, I always get nervous, like modding a game. I don't know why. Probably because I'm old, and I'm Same. always like, I don't know. No, is this I'm, gonna? I'm with you. It's like, oh, it's gonna ruin go into, my I gotta computer. go to a file on my local files here, and I yeah. and I files. I don't trust that. Yeah, I agree. It makes me a little nervous, but anyway, it's it's Lethal Company is fantastic with mods, and so I think it's worth playing again. I'm glad I'm mentioning it now because although I'm a broken record about how amazing Lethal Company is. Lethal Company with mods is like absurdly funny. I, I would do it again with all of you because that that one we did for Patreon was so much fun, and it yeah. was still great was going in, in blind. Like I, I had played once. Mary, you were the most like veteran of all of us, and Mike hadn't played at all. And God, just the moments we we tweeted out the Jake, thing. Of well, me. Jake, to give Jake credit, he was kind of our also a, a guru for mm -hmm. us as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Mary, Mary, you definitely played way more than me. I like that game a bunch. I, I play more of it too. But yeah, if you're not a, I mean, not, just to plug quick, go uh, subscribe to our Patreon, the video tier. We did that bonus episode and it was, it was super fun. It was and funny. So much fun. We talked before this episode about like, God damn it. That was fun as hell. Like, we should do more of that and put it up on the Patreon. So, you know, mm -hmm. we, we don't have the strict schedule like Patreon wise of like, you know, people that just do Patreon, but uh, it's fun for us to do that. And like certain games come out like a lethal company that make a lot of sense. And we would, we'd like to do more of that for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh my God. Um, it's super fun to like be inspired to like play these games. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying to you guys earlier before we started recording, I was like, I see these things all the time where it's like, this is a dumb game that I don't know if I'll put too much energy into it. But it's like when it's four player, something goes off in my brain where I'm like, I bet we would fucking love to drink and play this game one night. Right. Like um, I've probably said this before, but I feel like 
games that are multiplayer online, they almost get like a free pass because even if the game isn't good, I'm going to have fun with you guys. If I'm playing video games with my friends on a Friday night and I got a drink in my hand and I can stay up as late as I want because I don't have work in the morning or school and I'm an adult, I'm a big girl, I will have fun. And then, so the game kind of gets that as a free edge. Now all it has to do is have like some fun stuff to do in the game. If it was a fucking room, we would probably have fun in there. Yeah, so like Sons it, of the Forest, I thought was fairly boring, but there's like little creepy crawly guys. With, with games yeah. like that, there's a sweet spot because like if it's too involved in terms of the things you need to do, then it's too much trying to figure stuff out, and you have to be too business. Like, okay, you got to go do, you go build this thing. I got to go do this, you know. Uh, whereas something like like I, I like doing like Fortnite. The times I've done that a multiplayer, it's like. It's great for like, you can just chat with your friends. You can catch up and have actual conversations and stuff. And it's broken up every once in a while, but like, okay, here, uh, let's go. Let's land here. Let's go here. Oh shit. We got a guy over here, but like, you can just kind of catch up and everything. And I feel like lethal company is kind of on that wavelength of like, every time you get there, it's like, okay, we got to talk about where's the main entrance. And then like, Hey, did you check out this room or, Oh shit, there's a spider there, but you can kind of like talk and just kind of fuck with each other while you're playing it. Absolutely. Um, I think it's, I'm not going to stop talking about it. I think it's one of the best games I've played in a long time. And uh, I'd like to play it again with you guys. But Mike, maybe some homework to do 10 levels of Snakebird and tell me what you think about it. Because yeah, I'd be Snake curious Bird. your thoughts on it. I'm also curious. This is an additional request, but I actually am quite curious on Bonk's thoughts on it. Because like every once in a while, Bonk will be like, this game is rad. And I'll be like, ooh. And I get excited um, when she likes games. She has a great eye for that stuff. Uh, I know. I've got the uh, 2024 categories list up. So you know what? For the next year, <laughs> whenever we know something would be good for a category, like I, I've got it bookmarked. I can easily go in there. I added Snakebird to best plane game. Uh, and Lethal Company for best play with buds. So I will. Uh, I will so keep this updated. Live nomination throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't Prince of nomination. Persia be added to best Dewey? Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. Yes, 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 definitely. I like this. Um, I like. We can't. Do- we should not. We should not do a running list of nominees for game of the year though, because then that'll get really long and recent. Oh no, bias but, but will we build. We build that one on the on the podcast anyway. We we had a blank doc when we started that. Oh this right. Year, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Never mind. Um, but. Mary, you've also played a game I'm very interested in, uh, Pacific Drive. Oh, yes. But I will say preliminarily that I played a, uh, what do you call it, like an early access version of this game. This game isn't out. I played a preview version, and I only played like 90 minutes. So um, I can't really talk that much about it. It's a really neat concept, though, which I like. It's kind of like, like... trucker truck simulator meets firewatch i know that sounds weird but you are driving a car um but there is like a uh a force you know every game every game has like a different word for it where it's like you you gotta watch out because the uh the miasma will get you or like the dark essence is coming uh it has this stuff that you can't touch and it's coming and it's ever expanding. So you have to keep driving your car to get away with it, but you can run out of gas, your car can break down and you need stuff. And so you have to stop your car all the time, siphon gas, change your tires and uh, get stuff from the world in order to keep progressing. It's really interesting. And, And there's a story built in. There's like a person talking to you on the radio that's like, you gotta keep going because we need you to get to sector B. 
What it's is fun. the what was that? Oh God. Nah, I I'm trying to even think if I have any signifiers. Kentucky Road a, Zero? No, I love Kentucky Road Zero. Um That was that like was all talky, team. baby. <laughs> That was the talkiest um, game of this generation. No, <laughs> it's it like wild. a book. <laughs> it was farther back. It was uh, driving around. Sam and Max hit the road. No, you're. It's like a zombie survival game where you're moving your car turn based. State of decay. Oh no, my god! I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it was polygon looking. It was an early. What was the? What's the publisher that's big now? But it was one of their early Deep ones. Silver. It wasn't a, no, sorry. I'm Embracer. Again, I, as, as soon as I brought it up, I knew Tough I it. didn't have enough words to. I'll try to figure it out. You guys vamp. No, or I think I know you what you're talking about. Well, maybe I don't. East? Isn't it? It was it Capybara. Mm, it's like a, about, it was. Adam I'm telling Salt, you, Adam Saltzman. It's Adam, Adam Saltzman. Saltzman. That's Adam right. Adam Saltzman made it. That's right. God, it was Overland. Oh, I remember this game. I played this game at a. um, I played this game at a like. Oh, that thing! It did not get. It did not get the love it deserved. Um, I think, Mike, I'll let you say. I, I think it was a really interesting concept. A little, I thought it was good. A little boring. It was. It it, it had a lot to be desired on the execution side, but I think it was, I just, for some reason, Pacific Drive reminded me of that. Uh, Polygon.com says it is a bit too scary. That's a stupid review. That's the headline. Well, I just Google and that's the headline. I don't like that. I don't agree. Hmm. Oh, it's a strategy. too scary. Is it, is it stupid that when I see, like I Googled it and I see it's also on iOS, I immediately think it's like, ah, that can't be that good. Yeah, it's also on phone. And more, and more and more these days, I'd say that's, uh, that's, not a good take. Me? Um, like my take is bad. If you, say, I, I don't think you, you're that, probably right. I think, like, I think now more and more these days, I'm with. I have that same association. If something's also on mobile, how good could it be? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I That's think, a bias. That's like a negative. I think phone I think, games suck. I think there are some really good mobile games. I when I see that something you split can play PUBG on mobile. When I see mm. that something split between console slash PC and mobile, I tend to assume the mobile version is less than. Okay. Um, but what, you have to also on? acknowledge that um, the Switch is practically a phone. Well, but that you just can't has call your mom and sticks. On. God, I sound so old. But like, there's sticks and buttons. You do and sound stuff. like your father. It's just, no, right no, no, now. old specifically. Just because, like, touchscreen games, unless it is like a threes or something that is very much meant for touchscreen, I just feel like you don't have the control over the game that is necessary for like the depth that I like in games. You know, I I think that's valid. But like, think about how Snakebird would probably play really well on a phone. No, so that'd be a good. That'd be one of the good examples for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, I understand what you're saying though, which is like, if it looks like it's a 3d game in any capacity, I would be like, I'm not playing that on a phone. I'm going to get sick. Yeah. Any control that is needed besides swipes up, down, left, right, you know, like I, Mm. and maybe a tap, you know, I just don't, uh, it doesn't work with me. I wonder if Snakebird is on the phone. I could, I could see Snakebird totally working on a phone. There's no time limits. There's no like specific platforming that needs to be done. That would make sense. Oh, yeah, it's on the App Store. I feel like that makes sense. Um, I I understand what you're saying. Um, how did we t- How did we get here? Overland. Oh, right. We're talking about 
Uh, Pacific Drive. So the concept of oh, Pacific cars. Drive cars and games. is that no, you're you driving. Yeah, we've moved, we've moved on. We've it. moved on. I've said my piece about. I really don't have a lot to say. I don't. I don't think I've actually uh, experienced enough to tell you. I I need to preview more of it. There's not enough preview for me to tell you. Like this is absolutely a killer game. What I will say is like, it's a really interesting premise especially if you like stuff where you're like uh, survival um, and there's, I'm not going to say horror, there's spoopy stuff going on and you're like trying to solve the mystery. I would not consider this game scary. It's more like the environment is telling you that if you don't leave, you'll die. And so you need to like continue to move on and scavenge more stuff from the world. But I like that type of game. And I find driving games cathartic. Um, it's fun to be in a car and just hit hit ye old town road. And it has a radio with like a bunch of different stations. So you're constantly able to change the stations and listen to different music, which is again why I compared it to, um, you know, tr um, truck simulator. Like at some point you're kind of just driving and that's nice. Uh, yeah. Like if, if, I'm I'm still excited for it, but I, I definitely heard the early hours can be slow going. Rough, it's based slow. Based on the preview. It's slow, but that I, I don't think that's necessarily out. a negative. No. Um, I, I don't associate slow with negative. I associate too much talky with negative. It is dewy. You drive immediately in this game, you get in a car and drive. It's not like we have to talk about, you know, the the happening Something's taking over. None of that's happening. You're literally driving and there's a guy on the radio that's like, oh my God, let me tell you about the calamity. But the whole time you're driving, which I'm fine with, I'm fine with someone explaining to, to me the rules of the game and how we got there. And like, you know, the, the fact that I'm looking for my long dead sister, whatever the fuck it is. Driving helps smooth out that process. So I'm not bored. Okay. I still want to check it out for sure. But uh, there is no long dead sister. I made that part up. <laughs> Uh, okay, I was like, I did not know that about the plot. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I added, I added her. I thought, she, I thought the game needed it. <laughs> you're, you and the, you and the wife in the fridge, sister in the fridge. It's always you. I always love killing women for plot movement. I think that they're the easiest ones to get rid of, and it always works. You can't kill Keanu Reeves and have the movie progress. You gotta find another way around it. That's me, the like movie critic. God, we're really just stuck to that with like, uh, <laughs> hey, you're going to kill your own wife and then her ashes are stuck to your face. Like that's mm -hmm. that's really going for it with that. Yep. No, it's a really good example about masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to do emails? Yeah. <laughs> uh, as usual, write into firescapecast at gmail.com. We put out a call last episode to get the 2024 momentum going and got a lot of entries. Appreciate it. Keep them coming though. Firescapecast at gmail.com. It, it, it could be about video games, but it's more fun when it's not secretly. Um, but yeah, thank people for writing in. Uh, Dan, or rather, I'm sorry, Mary, ha. do you want to read this one from Josh the Canadian? It's my year. <laughs> hey, Fire Escape cast, I'm approaching 40. And I've started contemplating my own mortality. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> well, welcome to the crew. What took you so long? How much time do I have left? <laughs> That's 
that's the question. Uh, we need some factors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mary, you, gotta, you can't stop at the end Sorry. of the sentence. I can't help it. I wasn't prepared for him to ask me how much time he has this left. This is why he never no, threw are, you this first. Is a dialogue. This is a dialogue he's asking himself. You know, I I understand. I'm still not prepared to answer these. Okay, I'm um, back to the email. Will they be good years or bad? Will my penis stop working someday? You know, that kind of stuff. Nice. This this got me thinking. If I had the option when I turn 40, I would rather live the next 40 years aging as normal or in reverse, Benjamin Button style. I'll f I figure I'll be shitting into a diaper one way or another. But aside from that, there are some interesting pros and cons to both. Plus a whole range of creepy moral conundrums to boot. What say each of you when you turn 40, would you rather continue to age forward or in reverse? Happy pondering Josh, the Canadian. I mean, so yeah, we either keep going forward to 80 or go backwards to zero. I feel so bad talking about Canada. Is the same. Let's say, you know, we're going to live to 80, 80. either way. Yeah. You know, it's just, I feel like I would want to keep going forward, I think. Because I think, you know, one of the benefits of getting older is that you are smarter and you realize the shit you did when you were younger was stupid and you're things still, like that. You're still no, smart you still, you in Benjamin the, Button. You maintain the same. You retain knowledge. the brain. No, no, I'm not saying you revert. No, I, I'm saying that, like, I think... The, the look matching your age, you know, <laughs> oh, like, being an old I wizard. I don't want to look like an idiot 25 year old. <laughs> and I start growing hair again and I'm skinnier and all that stuff. And, but I'm like, I like that is a look when you are a young dumbass 20 something, you know, that is, and, and that was fine for then. But like, as I get older and, you know, wiser and all that stuff, I I'm fine looking that way. I think where it gets difficult is, the things breaking down. So like if I do go in reverse, if I choose that, mm -hmm. am I suddenly not getting as much back pain? Am I suddenly, you know, like all, all am will I your all those teeth, benefits? like, will you, will you lose? Do you get your, uh, like all of your, what do you call it? When you get a cavity, do those get like sucked out? Yeah. Like if, if your teeth go back pure, I don't, do I get my first set of teeth back? I would they imagine come, when you're a baby, you're not going to have your old man teeth, you know? I haven't seen the movie. Baby with old man teeth. I have old man teeth now, yeah. yeah I go back into your gums. I have to say, up. though, it's really appealing as someone who, like, I, I severely hurt both my ankles in gymnastics. And as I get older, I I feel them. Mm -hmm. I know that when I'm, not, not today, not tomorrow, when I hit, like, 60 or something, all of a sudden it's going to be like, Cool, my ankles are like shot and fucked up and my knee is starting, I can feel my knee like starting to do some weird stuff. I'm all about aging in reverse. That way, I imagine being 70, well, I guess you'd be 10. Imagine being like 65 and being like at your prime skiing. And you're like, I'm fucking killing it because I am shaped like a 15 year old and I have the knees of a young buck and I can absolutely take on this black diamond. It's awesome that I would be able to do those types of sports and things like that at that age. So I love the idea of going backwards. But what if it's like, I don't okay. want to see you two go backwards. I don't want to see well, you. Well, no, they, he, he mentions me out. There, there's Good a news, this is a hypothetical and we're all gonna age like normal and die. If, 
if the body stuff reverts and gets healthier and everything, then that is a very attractive thing of like the idea of like, oh, I'm not going to hurt as much. But then also it's like, look, we all have, you know, partners and stuff here. That is weird. We're like, how does that work? Or it's like, I'm, you know, like I'm getting younger. My partner's getting older. That gets weird. That's what he's talking about with creepy moral conundrums. So there are more complications with reversing things. You're going to go before puberty. Your balls are going to go back up. Oh, you're going to stop. My voice changes again. Yeah, but when you're 70, you're not fucking that much either. Uh, speak for yourself. I plan on doing quite a bit. Of I bet you will be. I mean, I guess I don't know. But like I would assume the statistics of impotence is pretty high at that point. It There's might not fixes. be up to you, bud. There's fixes for that. Yeah, I'm going to be. We're going to. Us two will be slamming. So <laughs> 90. I guarantee it. We're gonna when, when I'm 80, we're we're gonna film us, and then I'm gonna <laughs> mail it to all of our friends. You're gonna mail it to me, a 10 year old. You're going to jail. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that, Mike. <laughs> no, I you're going you to prison. You were zero by that point. You can't send me porn, you old freak. <laughs> Sorry, jeez, Mike. Okay, you're going on a list. I got you. I got you. Finally, took me down. <laughs> Been threatening murder and then turns out Benjamin Button related cancellation for Mike Mahardy. <laughs> I always knew it'd be something. Uh, that old geezer. That old geezer with a boner. Yeah. <laughs> Banging his 80 year old hot wife. <laughs> uh, I think I would. I would definitely rather keep aging. Yeah. But also, like, from a very narcissistic standpoint, I think I'm, at this point, I'm 32. I think I've consistently, I'm sure I'll hit a wall where I stop getting better looking. I think I've gotten <laughs> better looking than compared to when I was younger. It's I true. We've seen curve. we've seen young Mike oh, photos. Yeah, yeah. You have absolutely yeah. gotten more uh, attractive. I have, and I think that's stereotypical of men that they tend to get better looking as they age, but that's also because of like beauty norms. Sure. According to today's beauty norms, I think I've gotten better looking and I don't want to go back to like what I looked like last year or the year before, like, or when I was a fucking teenager with more acne than face. Well, and this kind of goes into the physical thing where it's like, imagine like career stuff where if you look like you're fucking 22, you're not going to have a job worth anything, you know, like, Again, though, this is where the patriarchy comes into play because a 22-year-old dude that's like the CEO of some company and he's actually like 50 might work. Whereas like it's – I swear to God there's like a weird stigma with that with with girls. That will be harder I think as a lady. But wouldn't anyone 21 or 22 looking – like wouldn't people not take them seriously? Because like, yeah, you're They would just assume your dad college. owns the no. dealership. Yeah, they would just yeah. give you – they would just throw you a bone. Yeah. A 22 uh, – being – playing completely off stereotypes, a 22-year-old guy CEO is a prodigy. A 22-year-old – Woman CEO, I think Go people on. would assume some things about how she climbed the ladder. A hundred percent. Thank you, Mike. And these are things like that they're like kind of deeply embedded or rooted in the back of our psyche. Like you might not say it out loud, but if you Schema. saw yeah. a 22 year old CEO, you'd be like, what's that story? Whereas like, it's, yeah, like a lot of times when you just see a young, young dude CEO, you're just like, I guess he's genius. But they also, like all the young dude CEOs seem like douchebags. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But you never assume that they fucked their way there. Because <laughs> that doesn't come that's up as the much. Secret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think can, aging backward would be easier for professional lives would be easier for Dan and Dan and I. A hundred percent. But I've been dealing with misogyny my whole life. I want young knees. I'm going backwards and I'm going to become <laughs> a skiing you've accepted, legend. You've accepted sexism for the rest of your life. Yes, anyway. If your knees I am, yeah. you might as well I go am again. a seasoned professional. I'm going skiing. <laughs> I, I would, I'm also like, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of other, ins oh God, I probably couldn't get into bars by the time I'm 55, 60. Uh, but with your ID... You have would a birth certificate still. You would say not, you're 55. You have a birth certificate that says you're fucking born in <laughs> 19 or 2010 or whenever you were born. Yeah. I don't think any bouncer would see this 10 year old looking <laughs> motherfucker and say, this guy's 70. Legal documents. Legal documents. <laughs> I had shown, when I was 21, I showed my ID to bouncers who still didn't let me and they didn't think I was, they thought it was fake. I'm there almost some insulted when I get carded now. Like it's almost like well, who insulted. are we fooling here? Well, no, it's, see, it's kind of you're like, seeing look, the difference I'm bald here. And I'm have like this beard. I, and I, I, you <laughs> know, I'm not fucking twenty years old. It makes my goddamn it's, day. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's they, no the, way the, they're mistaking me for a twenty year old. It's that's insulting. Not it. That's not why they're doing it. The cautious bars are doing it because technically the police often send uh, stingers, whatever you want to call An them, to old make sure they're hairy carding. dude. That's clearly past 21. Yeah. And then he's like, gotcha. Oh, yeah. And bouncers don't want to pay, or bars don't want to pay the crazy fine for it. Or it, em, it, boys. when I worked at the liquor store, they gave us 200 bucks for every uh, every fake ID we grabbed. So we were incentivized. Wow. Like, what is the, why, what is the, the store owner's incentive? I think just not getting in trouble. I think if you were caught selling to minors, it would probably be a problem, right? So if you can to like snip it out to and be more. Yeah, it's like, okay, hey, good yeah. job. You know, here's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay, I see that. Mm -hmm. Just le let kids be little shitbags. No, we had a cork yeah. board up right by the entrance where it's like all the fake IDs. You know, you would take the fake ID and then bam, hey, look at that fucker. You can't do that here. Mine's probably up there. I had multiple fake IDs ripped in twine in front of my eyes oh. when I was young. I was too afraid to get them because it was against the law, so I wouldn't do it because it was bad. Oh, you little bitch. I was fucking <laughs> printing those out and constantly getting them swiped. I got away with murder when I was a teenager. I had a guy, a bouncer at a bar, a 21 and up, it was like a club, like a nightclub. I watched him pick at the edge and I was, I kind of did that thing where I like had probably like was sweating a little bit. And I was like, what are we going to be here all night? And the guy looked at me and ripped it in front of me and was like, you want to go downtown? Holy and shit. I was like, no. <laughs> and then I just like walked away. Like he ripped my actual ID uh, when uh, it was my fault. But you got it. At that point, I was so far in. You just have to pretend that they ruined your life. Wow. And you run like hell. I got an MIP but when I, I was eat. 18. Didn't didn't fuck with that past that. I went to a bar that didn't card and I thought, oh, this is great. All these freshmen are That's going illegal here. That's illegal too. Like, I know it was illegal, but it was like I thought I could get away with it. And then I fucking was having a drink on the on the deck. And I, I'll never forget because I was 18 and I was like, going to college, I'm gonna be able to drink. I can talk to girls and stuff like that. I'm gonna be everything's gonna be coming up, Dan. And 
I was so nervous around girls and I remember I was drinking a beer at a bar one of the first times ever and I was talking to a girl that like oh my god this this is actually like we're hitting it off this is good and then I look up <laughs> I know this story and, what's that look at look at I this girl me, is this the one you not uh, no, 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 continue, continue. no I all of a sudden there's a bright light and I go huh and I look up and there's a cop on the deck and just shining a flashlight in my face he's like you got an ID and I was like Oh, fucking like I like I never had a fake idea because I was too afraid of that. But I was like, oh, he's got me dead to rights here. And it was like $450 MIP minor in possession ticket, like all that. Like didn't get arrested. You got a ticket? It sucks. And $450 back then was fucking that. Was your dad pissed? Uh, no, no. I mean, I paid for it and stuff, you know. Dad was the cop. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Actually, Uh, (laughs) no. There was a cop friend in the the college town that got me out of some later stuff, but no, I had to pay for that one. So wow, mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna tell a story about. I think your friend was like telling you about you just gotta be confident, and then you went to like take the beer off the no! bar. No, I know what you're talking about, and it's still the funniest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. We're at the <laughs> jet lag in Lawrence, Kansas. We were of age, you know, we were like 21, 22. My buddy, uh, I'll I'll just say his first name here. His name is Brad. And uh, Brad was, <laughs> we're just sitting there at the bar. It's like 1.30 and we're just single dorks at the bar. And we're just kind of, ah, I can't, uh, why can't we meet anyone? Why can't we just be in dumb 21-year-old assholes or whatever? And it's like, oh, we just, you know, why do we suck? Why, why, why can't we meet anyone? And he goes, you know what? I'm tired of this, Dan. I'm tired of being a loser. I'm tired of like, I'm going to make it happen tonight before last call. And he looks across the bar. There's two girls sitting there by themselves. He goes, I'm going to go talk to them, Dan. I'm going to get up right now. I'm going to, he orders a beer, a fresh beer. And he goes, I'm going to walk over there with this fresh beer. I'm going to walk over there. And I've got, I've got more game right now than I've ever had at any point in my life. And like, he is doing a fucking any given Sunday speech about how he's about to get laid tonight. The new beer arrives. He grabs it. He makes a point like, and he stands up and he pulls the beer towards himself. But there's like a little lip on the bar, right? And so the beer hits the lip and it all pours directly on his crotch. Just he does this giant speech and pulls pours a full fucking new beer all over his dick and just sat down the most dejected human being I've ever seen and I laughed so fucking hard. I can hear your oh, yeah. I was like crying laughing. Just amazing. It's really good. That's that's got to be in a movie someday. Um, I, I people would. <laughs> It would not look natural to see a baby in a button-down linen shirt with a sweater tied around his neck drinking wine. You wouldn't like trust him. French you wouldn't trust that kid. No, it would be weird. I don't want to see a baby at my wine tasting in France. No, it sounds cool to be like baby. an old dude, right? Like just being like yeah. an old dude and that's like got some life experience and stories and stuff yeah. like that. I, I, I embrace that. That's fine. I, felt, I, I don't found know. Own, I found my old Meerschaum pipe at my parents over the holidays. I'm thinking about getting back into that. The fuck is that? Pipe. Pitch the pipe. Tobacco. Oh, like an old. You like, can do tiny. that as a baby. Imagine being at a bar and seeing a six-year-old with a pipe that is telling war stories. That sounds awesome. But his arms well, and shit and physical stuff isn't going to be as like he's going to lose all that control when he's a dumb baby. That six, you can hold a pipe. Like you well can smoke and a like pipe, dignified like. 
you're you're seventy four. Yeah, in kindergarten in you would understand the more skills to act like an old person. I'm sure your muscle memory would keep you acting. Be- That's a question though. Does your muscle memory start to revert because your I think body so? Is I think all reverting. the physical stuff is uh, good and bad gonna revert. You know, you still have the knowledge of how an adult should move and. But you got a stupid baby people. body. Like that's not gonna translate. <laughs> no, six six years old is. Kindergarten. You're not a baby <laughs> at six. You are functional. You you, you're not you, an adult at six. So you, but you can you function. How, Dan, have you ever seen the show Old Enough? No. You told me about okay. it, where it's kids doing chores and stuff. I think you can see it on Netflix. On Old Enough, the kids are like five fucking years old, and the mom is like, here's 20 bucks. Go get me some rice and some noodles and come home. And the kid's like, okay. They are stupid, but they are functionally able to be like, the store is this way. And here's money in exchange for groceries and carry them home. Like that is not baby. That's a, that that's is, a low bar. They don't know what the money's worth. They didn't earn it. You know, like it's just like, yeah, they're, they're but not when you're 74, you also are like, here's some money. I'm going to fart. And like, you're not that present either. Like, let's be real. You here. can be kind of a cool old guy, right? I think you could be cool at 74. I How shouldn't be too Connery aggressive. In the rock. Sean Connery, maybe not actually a cool guy. (laughs) Let's see. I know 80-year-olds who... Sean Connery... Still do cool stuff. Was born in 1930. The Rock came out in 96, so he was Uh, 66. uh Okay. All right. So you can get well into your 60s. 10 years is a lot. At that age, yeah. yeah. 10 years is a lot. I will say, like, my dad is turning 70 this year. Like, my dad is functional. He's coherent. He's got it going on. He's, like, uh, he's probably too witty and a bit of a, he's a bit of a spicy guy. Like, but, you know, 80, I feel like you're starting to push 80 it. 80 gets rough. Well, no, we're dying at 80, keep in mind. So it doesn't right. matter what happens. In this oh, universe, yeah. you're dying. I mean, that's yeah. like, once you're 80, that's kind of quality life. You don't see a lot of 80-year-olds running marathons. You don't want those years, they always say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep slugging Merlot, pounding. pounding He's pointing wife off ass. screen <laughs> and saying wife ass. <laughs> yeah, they heard that and saw that. Um, just, Taping just it. Just wait. Just wait. Mark your calendars for how many fucking years from now? Forty-eight, seventeen. I don't know. I'm thirty-two. Okay. I'm gonna be hitting the slopes, six years old with a pipe in my mouth, <laughs> slinging war stories. I don't know whose is more unrealistic, mine or yours. <laughs> well, thank you, Josh, the Canadian. Uh, Dan, do you want to read this one from <coughs> Troy? Yeah. Hello, fire escape artists. I am currently catching up on last year's podcast, but I saw news on Twitter of Dan's broken fingy, to use the medical <laughs> phrase his doctor used. I wish Dan a quick and full recovery. This got me wondering what everyone on the podcast dumb, dumbest injury is. For me, a couple years ago, I pulled something in my back while bending over to plug in Christmas lights that left me practically bedridden for the rest of the week. While I haven't had anything like it since, I'm embarrassed I caused a back problem doing something so simple while I'm still in my mid-20s. Looking forward to hearing your stories, Troy. I bet he would like to age backward. Oh, yeah. Have I Stop me if I've told this for the one about the Mortal Kombat play I wrote for my friend's 10th birthday and I went to the hospital? Does that ring a bell? Uh, it rings a vague bell. I don't it's think you sure. tore it on fire escape. So basically, I I uh, wrote a play uh, all based on Mortal Kombat, and it would have been like 94. 
for my friend's 10th birthday. And we did it in his basement, which is just exposed concrete. And like the parents came down and all that stuff. And I was supposed to be, I think, Scorpion or Sub-Zero. And birthday boy was Johnny Cage. And there was a part where Johnny Cage was supposed to throw a fireball at me. You know, the green fireball from Mortal Kombat. And we bought a green Koosh ball to be that, if you remember Koosh balls. And oh, man, I missed those. he threw it at me and I like got hit with it. And so like I caught the ball and then in the moment, this wasn't planned. I just decided to sell it by like, I did a quick front flip to be like, Bleh! like, you know, like, Oh, I got hit by it. And I flipped and I just landed. I'm 10. I shouldn't, I, my body should have been fine for this. Uh, and I landed on the concrete floor and couldn't get up. And wait, so you did a front flip on concrete. Yep. Well, that's 10. your problem. I was 10. And, no, uh, at any age, you cannot flip on concrete. Well, I learned that at Grass, 10. bud. Yes, on Grass. concrete. <laughs> Couldn't get up. And nothing was broken. I just, I don't know what the hell happened. Something got hurt. And I did go to the, the doctor and everything. And there's like, oh, you pulled something or whatever. Like, uh, but yes, yeah. I told Ed Moon that story and uh, he didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't... It's an okay it's, it's, story. I, yeah, that's <laughs> no, he was kind of like, I, like, I told him like, oh, look how much I love Mortal Kombat. And he was kind of like, oh, I'm sorry you hurt yourself like an idiot. Yeah. So. that's a, That seems like an Ed Boon response. Yeah. You sound I, like uh, a dumb child. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, God, there's been a few. I'm like racking and my how? brain now for all of them. I, I told you I've gotten like very seriously electrocuted twice in my life, right? <laughs> like was your skeleton showing? Like if I was standing next to you, would I see your skeleton? <laughs> Uh, there was no witness the first time. The second time, I don't believe my skeleton was showing, but I was like <laughs> shook. And they were both when I was helping my dad uh. renovate two separate basements. <laughs> so in the like, same house? No. <laughs> no, in the second, first house, second house. I okay. What kind of house was this? I don't know oh, what you do in Syracuse. With, I don't know. mansion with two basements. It changed this life and I moved back. Uh, no, I just like my... I. My, the first time I was young enough where I was like trying to impress my dad by working, keep in mind as a 10 year old, 11 year old, I have no working knowledge of electricity. I don't understand the first thing about how a, an outlet works. I don't understand how the prongs interact. With, I didn't know anything. I just walked up to this exposed outlet when my dad had gone away. Somehow in my mind, I thought I would finish installing the wires in this particular outlet. How old are you again? Like 10. Oh, 11. okay. And I go up and of course I touch it and like the, just the exposed wire. And I like, it shocked me so bad. I couldn't let go immediately. Oh my and, God. That's really my, dangerous. My dad came back and I was just slumped against the wall <laughs> next to the outlet. Like just this vacant look in my eyes. I probably did permanent damage. And I did basically <laughs> that again when I was like, 16 to prove him to prove him wrong a second time i just i just i don't know the second time i have less of an excuse because i was 16 and i think it just didn't occur to me that bringing a screwdriver to to the outlet like when it was exposed wires would mess me up but it did that one i actually kind of fell backwards onto the the uh, you're so lucky you're not dead yeah. It's really dangerous. Yeah. But now I have the sex drive of a panther. No, I'm just joking. I <laughs> um, but you're I like also, an X-Man, but you're just like a freak. I'm like Colossus, but I just always have a boner. Um, 
That's my mutant power. <laughs> Doesn't really <laughs> Professor come in handy a lot. You can't like stop a bank ever, robbery with that. Uh, it, it took some time. Yeah, he to touched. He Professor touched an X. open wire as a kid. Now he can't fucking put it down. He's gonna go to He's jail. He's gonna get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can get it up for Assassin's Creed, no problem, because I get it up for every game. <laughs> I can get it up for God mobile right games. Now. I didn't even get like it, it gets it up. Yeah, uh, Tamagotchi. Yeah. no problem. Um, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah, I also. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other dumb injuries. Oh, oh, <laughs> I forgot about this until this ex exact moment. We bought a slingshot from a Cracker Barrel country store. Have you been to a Cracker Barrel? Oh, many, many times with the peg game and all that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. For those oh, who don't yeah. know, if you're not in the States or. It's a very Canada, Midwest by the highway thing. It's in the, it's on the East really? Coast too. Okay. They're always by a highway oh, yeah. exit. And their whole thing, A, they make their own rocking chairs that are always out front, but it's a country, country food restaurant, like hearty. Uh, comfort like food type of mashed potatoes comfort and, food. Yeah. but there's always this old-fashioned toy slash candy store attached store. to it yeah. and it has yeah. like it'll have like weird shit your mom likes to decorate her country home with yes exactly and crap we bought a <laughs> few slingshots my brothers and i or rather my dad thought we were all old enough to get these slingshots and they were Yo, not she like try out they weren't like the, the the with the arm brace kind of slingshot that you could kill somebody with. They were just these very basic. It looked like a birch tree had been carved into a Y with a rubber band and a little. Like, I can't hammock. believe your parents would buy you that. I can't either for like to put whatever you want in, in that little hammock. And so, of course, I bring it over to my best friend's house immediately. And uh, we're like, what can we start? What can we start launching? And we see the car of, I'm not going to name, I'm obviously not going to name names about this story. We see a car, and keep in mind, I was young. I want to say, I'm trying to think of how old I would have been here. 12? No, 13. I was in middle school. I noticed a certain adult that I did not like at all. Uh, let's say it was a teacher. And I'm not proud of this judgment. However, I see a teacher that I just had come to, like I clashed with in school. I was like, I got this new slingshot. And oh God. she's driving by in her car. So I know I'm not going to hurt her. I would never have done that. However, I was like, I've got this new slingshot. We were eating gobstoppers at the time, the Wonka gobstoppers. And we were about, I want to say, 50 yards from her car, which was at a stop sign near my friend's house. And he goes, like, don't do it. I can name him. He's like, don't do it. You guys have met him. This is a bad idea. So I take a gobstopper and I put it in the slingshot, which we had been using all day. And in my excitement and my like slight fear as I was doing it to go launch a gobstopper at her car from a distance and then I guess run, the slingshot flung forward and the gobstopper didn't come out and it shot back and hit me in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and oh I, my I just God. can't think of a more deserved injury. <laughs> like I was about to like clearly dent a teacher's car because I didn't like it. I'm not All proud right. of that, but I got I, what I deserved. I have, you actually, you just read it to me. I have a similar one. I went to a bowling alley with friends when I was probably like 15, right in my real shithead era, right when I was like, I want to be a brat all the time. And I was playing I was just bowling with my buds and 
you know there's that thing you can do when someone swings the bowling ball back and you can grab it. And I tried to do that to my girlfriend, but I got the timing wrong and she swung the bowling ball back right into my oh, nose. Jesus. Oh my what pound? Uh, she was a girl, 15, so eight. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's eight, still, nine pounds. That'll do some damage. Yeah, no matter what, that's gonna, yeah. It, Your nose is fragile. It absolutely did one of those like little and I had to kind of, you know, correct it um, when I was 15. I never went to a doctor or like got it set or anything. But to this day, I now think like maybe I did crack my, break my cartilage or whatever because it absolutely like dinked my nose really hard when it happened. And of course, because we're all having fun and it was just a little goof when she turned around and was like, what was that? I was like, I don't know. And didn't even like acknowledge that she smashed me in the face with her, uh, with her bowling ball. Um, but I absolutely took oh, that, that bowling suck. ball right to the face. <laughs> Stupid. Last, last one. I'll say, uh, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty quick. Uh, I had to go to the hospital when I was young for something relatively unserious Regardless, I was in a hospital gown with a slit down the back and my butt showing. <laughs> and because my parents were busy, they were on their way from somewhere else. My One of my older brothers brought me. And he comes into the room after I'd gotten in the hospital gown. And I'm like, I'm going to flash my brother. And so I go to do this like ball, ballerina twirl <laughs> to expose my butt to him quickly. And I do it into the like the pole that they put the IV bags on. And I fall into it. And it like domino affects the tray and the bedpan and everything else in the room. And he had just entered the room and seen me destroy it because I <laughs> wanted to flash him. <laughs> I didn't get hurt really, but it was just it was funny. That's probably embarrassing. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Last quick one for um, me. I remember being in junior high, like seventh just grade. Constantly hurting yourselves in stupid ways. No, this wasn't even me. This was witnessed by me. Uh, it was like seventh grade, <laughs> so thirteen, just a bunch of dumbasses. And I remember uh, I had these friends, Quo and Jameson, in seventh grade. And uh, I can't remember who I saw first. I think it was Quo came in, and he had stitches one day over his. I think it was his right eye. And uh, so what the fuck happened? He was like, clearly, like, I don't know. It's fine. I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, sitting through class or whatever. And then like in between the next class, I saw Jameson had stitches over his right eye too. And it's like, what the fuck? So they knew each other and we were in the same class. We we're in uh, like some same hour together. And it got to the point where they're both sitting there and they both have the same fucking bandage and stitches above their eye the same day. And they both don't want to talk about it. And everybody's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And it turns out, I think Quo went first and they were just like playing baseball or fucking around like, you know, in the neighborhood or whatever. And they had a basketball and aluminum bats. And Quo was like, here, here, pitch me the, the basketball. And he swung at the basketball and the bat bounced off and hit him right in the fucking <laughs> eye, split himself open. It was like, oh, and then Jameson was like, oh, you idiot. I'll show you how to do it. Pitch it to me. Did the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> hit himself in the eye. They both had to go get fucking stitches in the exact same spot <laughs> for the eye. same dumbass thing. That's, That's so embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't know we could tell uh, stories of other people. I remember vividly a girl coming into school in seventh grade with two arms in slings oh. and everyone being like, what the fuck did you do? And it turns out she was just in regular gym where you have to touch the sides of the wall yeah, when you're yeah. sprinting Sprint, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. 
And she locked her arms and sprinted into the wall and broke both her arms. What? The, broke both arms? Broke both of them. She didn't try to slow down at all. She just went full force and her arms. There's multiple mistakes. <laughs> Running full force into the wall, locking your arms, oh. committing both of them. <laughs> Super embarrassing she's for her. Okay. Do you know if she's okay now? She's dead. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. I don't know oh. what happened to her. <laughs> I don't know anything oh. about this woman. God. I don't even remember her name. It's just a very vivid memory when someone walks into school with two arms in cast and you're like, what did you do? Were you skiing? I don't know what's up with me and skiing today. And she was like, no, it was a gym accident. But after some prying, it turns <laughs> out- the lamest gym accident you could ever have. Jesus. I sure fucking, I, I was involved. I wasn't the one who got hurt, but I did the hurting accidentally. We were playing baseball. Uh, and and uh, so I had an aluminum bat. I was up to bat. And uh, we had this, it was like a foreign exchange student. He like didn't even really know English or anything. He was a, such a nice guy. His name was Yuan. And just beating up on immigrants. No, he was the catcher. He was back there. And I am not an athlete and certainly was not back then. And I swung and I like accidentally like let go. And I just heard this. Dink, and I look back and Yuan is just on the ground, just bleeding and not moving. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, he was like a week God. into like living in the country. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And like everything came to a total standstill. Everyone ran in from the outfield. Everyone's like, well, get the nurses, get the like. And we had to take you on back and everything. And like, I think he had to go to the hospital. And like, he definitely like a stitches situation. So I, mean, I rode the same bus as him and everything. I remember like, I rode the same bus as him for like five, six years. And I always felt so fucking bad about that. And I always wished he forgave me and stuff, but there was like language barrier and everything. But, uh, oh man, I just threw a fucking aluminum bat at his head and, oh, I felt terrible about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty bad one. Yeah. I felt very bad. Sad. Uh, hurting another person is tough. I, we used to play. So when I was in high school, uh, we used to always go over to a buddy of mine's house. His name was Kyle. And we would always go over to his house because his parents were <laughs> lax, we'll say, and let us get away with doing really stupid stuff. He like, they just didn't care and we could be idiots. And um, they had a big property so we could like run around and really be fuckers. And what we ended up doing was we invented a game called shrapnel ball <laughs> where we would take a bat and uh, the pitcher would throw a full can of soda. Oh my and God. And you would hit it with a bat, but we would play baseball as usual. Um, now, instead of catching <clears throat> the can, um, all you had to do was swat it down. And as long as you could get your hand on the exploded can shrapnel and smack it to the ground, <clears throat> that was considered an out. So it was always assumed that the can would explode and it would just be like shrapnel. Like it would not be a full can by the time it got to you. Correct. Um, it should be in an exploded state. If you hit it, but it doesn't explode, that's a that's a, a strike. Oh, oh, okay. You have to, you don't just have to make content. It needs to, it needs to become shrapnel in order for it to, to be a ball in play. Right. Um, and I remember being in the outfield and having the perfect shrapnel ball come right towards me. It's an amazing that this is an actual story. And swatting it down and slicing my hand on 
the metal. That was going to be my question. Wait, are these bare hands and it's specifically like ripped metal? Yes, Dan. We're stupid. I'm saying that's a very (laughs) stupid idea. That's very stupid. Wow. And And just kind of hiding it and being like, he's out, he's out. Because that was a huge victory for me socially. I'm not going to say I cut my hand and then we would just move on. We used they to play know, shrapnel ball all the time. the blood, though. Um, yeah, you just kind of, like, suck it out. Yeah. It's kind of the uh, move. Yeah. Uh, we had detonator. A bunch of us would stand in a circle at parties with an unopened beer can, and you just slam it as hard as you can, like, the length of it on your forehead, <laughs> and then you try to pop it <laughs> open. Are we by alive? Doing that. So then you, once you do it, and everybody agrees that you tried adequately hard, you pass it to the next person, and, of course, my friend... <laughs> My friend got what was inevitable the whole time after 17 games of this, finally got it open and sliced into like his hairline. He still has a scar, but, uh, and it opens and he kept, he, he also drank the beer. Jeez. You drink, you're supposed to drink what's left in it. It's called detonator. And then you go get another beer and continue. I think you had a stupider young drinking career than I did. Considering you taught me how to shotgun a beer when I was 29 and you were 21 or whatever. Like, I think you had the more traditional dumbass college drinking game. Like, I, mean, I had plenty of that, but I think you probably went harder than me. Uh, probably, yeah, maybe. Um, definitely looking back too much. No, nah, not, I, I, I mean, would say it was, it was, it was a, it was, uh, I, I know other high schoolers have had similar thing, but yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely could have done less. Those are glory years. I've told the story on the Beastcast when I ran into the parked Camaro admiring the new bike I was riding at 40 miles an hour, and then I, f- I got catapulted over the Camaro onto the hood and rolled off in front of it. Jesus. That's the story. That's the last one. That was probably the dumbest. I was so happy about my new bike, and then I got launched over a Camaro. You keep ratatouing me. One time when it was... <laughs> this is so funny. One time when it was pouring rain, and I was, I was probably like, uh... Boy impressing age. So I want to say 13. I was like at that age where it'd been really cool if a bunch of boys would recognize me. There would always be a bunch of teenage boys that were in a garage, probably smoking. I don't really remember. Definitely watching TV and hanging out with an open garage door. And it was pouring rain. And I was pretending to walk by, hoping that someone would say something to me. And one of them did. And I swear to God, my 13-year-old brain said, I'm going to sprint there as fast as I can. I'm going to impress them with my speed. And I did. And I sprinted as fast as I could from the sidewalk to the garage. But because there was so much water, (laughs) as soon as I got to the garage, I slipped (laughs) and I fell on my back in front of all of these boys. And I think... Hi, Mary. <laughs> at them up the driveway and then slip. Also, do you think they were sitting there with stopwatches? That would be cool. Speed was like a thing they were thinking about. I was Mary, really Mary, young and stupid. Mary. I think the absolute <laughs> last quality I cared about in a girl when yes. I was thirteen was speed. <laughs> and I think penultimately it was probably clumsiness. Which I think that's be. one of the most embarrassing stories wow. of my childhood, and I think I, I think I really shoved it down. <laughs> Until you told me the bike story. That was really embarrassing. Like, I remember I remember being mortified. And I remember, like, pretty much everyone laughing. Like, no one was like, are you okay? Everyone was like, wow, that is so embarrassing. 
So they were probably like 16, 17. Um, I think I really, uh, it did not work well for me that day. It was not a successful event. Yeah. I, I'm sure there are more that I'm repressing. Or yeah. Just that are not coming to mind right now. I think I told you guys, uh, I had one in college as well, kind of similar to that one, where uh, I was in my, uh, this was past dorm stage. So we were in a house and I had uh, two roommates and uh, basically everyone in the house smoked a lot of weed. So we were very high and I went to, there was a full packed room of people, maybe seven or eight people. And I was getting up to do something and someone had a big jar of Jiffy peanut butter on the floor. And as I was walking through the floor, I accidentally kicked over the jar of peanut butter, which made me stumble but it tipped it over onto its side. And then I stepped on the side and then I whoop, like banana peeled it out and then also fell on my back onto the coffee table. Jesus. Um, and that was like super embarrassing. And there was, nobody could not have witnessed it, but I think it was like the comedy of errors that I not only tripped over the peanut butter, but then I knocked it over, stepped on the rolly side and slipped out from under it the table break no but i mean i smacked it it was very wily e. coyote style where i just uh. kind of like whoop, 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 smack uh nobody nobody didn't see it you know what i mean <laughs> like it was Were people it was the talk laughing? of the town absolutely okay, okay. it was the silliest stupidest thing that they had seen in at least a day, but that was also college. So somebody did something really stupid the next day and let it go. I also clotheslined myself in college. How um, is that physically possible? I was running away from someone who was chasing me, probably tag. And um, I remember thinking You're to myself- tag in college? Yeah, like in a fun way. We are probably drunk or something. Yeah. And, uh, I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to run so fast. I'm going to impress all of these people. You and And I ran really fast and there really genuinely was a clothesline. Um, and I remember oh. vividly like hitting the, the wire and feeling the pull and then getting flung backwards in front of a group of people. I was fine. I did not break anything, but it was extremely embarrassing. God, this is like therapy. I think I've told you like six of the most embarrassing things that have ever happened to me in a row. My This one wasn't that embarrassing. I didn't really get injured. My genuine last one, my senior year of college, uh, my, I may have told this, the front yard of our house, it was all these like row houses, pre-war ones. So the it was on a slight hill. However, our front lawn was graded as such to keep it completely flat in front of the house, uh, parallel to the slope of the house if that makes sense that there was this little five foot steep little tiny hill to get to the next door neighbor's front lawn so there was also a tree with a branch hanging like right above that slope so one time when we left our place and we're on the way to the bars i was really excited and went to jump and grab the branch and try to do like a prince of persia-esque <laughs> Uh, Uncharted-esque like swing like they do in video games and of course as I get to like the bottom of the swing the branch falls off and I just slam into the ground <laughs> after uh, yeah I was fine though I think so it good be but uh sounds like we're just a bunch of ding dongs yeah I'm I'm usually really graceful 
My friend Ryan got a Hustler, and so I rode my bike over to his house to <laughs> see the ep- the episode, the issue of Hustler, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know he was sitting on his back porch with a BB gun, and as a prank, he shot me, uh, and so I'm just riding my bike. I was like, oh, I felt something in my gut, and I just ate shit on my bike because I was so excited to go look at a Hustler. Yeah, that's fucked up. You told us this. Like, yeah. that's Your friend sucks. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't shoot your friends when they just want to look at your boob magazines. I probably didn't even, didn't even have a boob magazine. Was it all a ploy? No, he had the hustler. That's the guy I took the pictures of the magazine with my Game Boy camera for personal all use. Right, he's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah Why are yeah. you riding up to a back porch on your bike? Cause it was like, just, it was adjacent. Like you could see the backs of the houses and you could see the sidewalk from where he was sitting and he's like, Oh, I'll shoot him on the way. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I still Good stayed over and took all my Game Boy camera pictures of his boot magazines. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's how we told the story. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. Um, well, thank you, Troy from Columbus. I think yeah. that's good for the night. We save this third one for next one. Sure. That next sounds episode. great. Yeah. 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 Um, we got some real good meat on those last two. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just write down to save this one. Um, yeah. Episode 72. Yeah, look at that. Classic. Another uh, one in the books. January. Um, <laughs> That's right. Thanks for the update. Yeah. God, I'm what so else do you want to tell us? Who's uh, president? January. <laughs> Joseph Biden. President. <laughs> um, still 50 what? states. What was the weather like? What a time capsule this will be. <laughs> uh, slight breeze. Kind of chilly. Uh, January. Um, what are you thinking about? Dark out. Thinking about how dark and slightly breezy it is. Uh-huh. Uh, thinking about Joe Biden. Yes, you do. Uh, just thinking about... The standard Wednesday. Thinking about how it's Wednesday in January. Joe Biden. Thinking about... A boring thing to Joe think Biden. about. When I used to live in San Francisco, it was one person that would always wake up at eight in the morning and go outside and have a walk and scream about Joe Biden. And really? I remember vividly, yes, in my time in San Francisco, this was before he was president too. So this probably really pissed wow. that guy off. But like, I vividly remember waking up always around like eight in the morning and I would hear him and he'd go, the devil, Joe Biden. <laughs> and he would, Maybe. he had a whole thing that he would say. Maybe he was narrating a, a face-off between Joe Biden and the devil, and he likes Joe Biden. Maybe. It did not come across that he was a fan. Uh, and he did it, I would say, minimum three times a week, sometimes as much as five times a week. It was a full-time profession for this man to wake up around 8 a.m. and yell about Joe Biden outside of my window. He's a tremendously boring person, it seems, Joe Biden. Oh, I thought you meant the man that yelled out. No, that guy's I suspect that man's that interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Joe Biden, I feel like that guy's led a dude, full life. But this is always a good thing. I like being bored by the president where it's like, I'll forget he exists until like, oh, he's on Conan's podcast. Okay, I'd, I'd rather be bored by the president than, you know, waking up. And- Do you remember when everyone was like freaking out that Obama wore a tan suit? That's a boring or president. Lot, I like that. had a that. latte getting off Air Force One or whatever. Yeah, it's. That's like the biggest deal back then. Boring can be good in certain ways. I agree. I want my presidents boring and my friends dumb oh, as shit. You want them bugging hotels. And I'm a victim. Yeah, we know what mm-hmm. you, you like your presidents to do, you sicko. Cosplaying. He was an innovator. <laughs> He's a trailblazer, as you say. Yeah. 
I, people talk about them. You don't people. hear people talk about um, the good ones. Your guy on the <laughs> talk the about the yelling just... about Nixon. No one That's... ever talks about Lincoln. <laughs> Not enough. Or made movies with him in it. That yeah, that guy was boring. boring. That Lincoln movie was really boring. Lincoln boring. And you know about, what? I'm talking about Abe Lincoln's Space Marine. Oh. And Lincoln had everything he needed to have an interesting film. He was <laughs> he tall. Still he had a hat. Off. There was a war. Like, yeah, he, he didn't tell like a lie. Interesting dude. Yeah. No, that was Washington. Couldn't tell a lie. Oh shit. Yeah, Lincoln. Did Lincoln do something with apples? No, that was Washington too. Damn, yeah. those guys again. They I mix up my prezes all the time. Lincoln gave a speech. About who had wooden teeth? Your everything is George Washington. <laughs> Every powdered wig. Let's just get ahead of it. Powdered wig <laughs> crossed a river. Was on a boat. Uh, fucking General. this is one dollar bill. Um, yeah, it's just this is all George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm running out of president facts. The only two presidents you know are George Washington and Richard Nixon. Abe Lincoln was a very important one. Who's that? He lived in a cabin and he was tall and he had a hat and a beard. And he ended the war and then he got shot I'm in the head. I'm pretty sure that's Washington. No. <laughs> Washington was, I don't think he was tall. Was he not? Let me see how tall no he was. No one really knows for sure. How do you think? How tall do you think? <laughs> Five, Again, six. historians could not prove no, 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 the no, height. Five, okay, Mike says five six. Five, Mary, no, 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 what do you five, think? No, 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 five seven. Five seven. Five, Mary, seven. how tall is George Washington? Five ten. Six two. Oh, oh I was gonna say. I feel like. In back then. I feel like back then you had to be burly to be prez because if you weren't, they'd be like this little bitch. Like I think you had to kind of, you know, like Lincoln didn't he do uh like a gun. Thing with another person well, he and got was like, shot I'll... in the head by a gun. No, the other <laughs> before that. Yeah, where he was like, I'll do a face off with you. Hamilton and Aaron Burr. No, I'm not. Lincoln did a shoot off with someone. Pistols at dawn. (laughs) Alexander (laughs) Hamilton and Aaron Burr was the face off in Weehawken, not far from where I am at this very moment. Uh, Be careful, Mike. Aaron Burr still haunts (laughs) this place with his pistol. Damn it. Lincoln. I don't think Lincoln had a famous duel. I think he just got shot. No, there was a yeah, duel. Yeah, that's not a duel. That's one no, person that's an getting assassination. No, I know that. I know about the shot. I know about the murder. The murder is not the duel. I thought there was a duel. I can't find it, which doesn't look good for me. I think we'd hear he about did. He did. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt got shot by a twenty-two, like, and it lodged in his ribs, and then he still gave a speech or that's something. That's pretty cool. Lincoln yeah. was challenged to a duel by uh, an Illinois state auditor over an alleged. Who cares? You weren't then, referring to that. I probably was. No, you weren't. <laughs> Just every president got uh, offered duels back yeah, then. But yeah, Joe that, Biden's probably Booth, been offered a duel. John Wilkes Booth did not. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in San Francisco yeah. outside your building has probably challenged him to several duels. John Wilkes Booth was not challenging him to a duel. He was sneaking into a theater to shoot yeah, him. Yeah, he was an assassin. Yeah. You don't call it a duel on November 22nd, 1963. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald was Mary's favorite duelist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, he, you know, was really good at it. He's uh, what a hundred percent victory. Uh, he took a few shots, I believe. Oh, do you guys Listen. really want to talk about who did that? Let's who bring it down. Next? <laughs> That's Let's next figure it out. on episode 73. <laughs> we talk about who really killed JFK. 
We're going deep, <laughs> let's, folks. Let's, let's do a hard pivot going forward with Fire Escape. Yeah, I don't know why we talk about games at all. Let's be the new Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Just talk about conspiracy <laughs> theory. Uh, there's, there's, there's a vacuum of people talking about conspiracy. Nobody's doing podcast. it on the internet. We need to fill it. Yes, on the internet specifically and podcasts. Who better equipped? Yes. Than the person who truly knows how that night at the theater went down. <laughs> We're going to figure out the link. I think the Lincoln assassination is a closed case. Yeah. I think they, they're pretty sure they know who did that. Yeah. John. Or are they? Uh-huh. Tune in next week. <laughs> thanks um, for watching everybody or listening so as it would be. Thanks for, uh, yeah. Firescapecast at gmail.com. Uh, also, as we mentioned, we have a new bonus episode where we played lethal company. Go to our Patreon, subscribe there. Uh, to the video tier if you want to watch that. Like we said, we want to... We talk all the time about, you know, this is a side project that we care very much about, obviously, but we do want to find time to do some co-op games and play, do more bonus stuff, whether it's a dumb tier list of candy. I shouldn't say dumb. It's very serious stuff. Well, yeah, and at this but, point, uh, if somebody was, were to join now, they would have access to all the old stuff. So, yeah, like Mike, you were talking the the, the candy uh, list, the uh, the road trip uh, from New York to Connecticut. The I believe they sh- should i'll double i, I think I, they do i think i'm pretty sure they do that setting we did not have that setting at first which was dumb and then i went back added it yeah so if you join now it's uh you got the candy tier list you got the one we did in hoboken where we're all like the did the bonus full-on episode uh at your That's place oh yeah uh the road trip the candy tier list the lethal company the forest the, the cheese uh the cheese the macaroni uh kind of travel the juicy, juicy lucy yeah so uh, there, there's, a, there's a bit of a backlog there if you join now. So uh, get in there. Yeah. And we want to do more. Yes, for sure. Um, and then also you can go to firescapemerch.com. You can go check out get Fire Escape in Space. That's on our bonfire. That's all on our Patreon, our Instagram page. Go follow us on Instagram. Instagram Firescape cast. Uh, Dan, what do you have going on lately? Giantbomb.com. Every week doing a bunch of fun stuff. We're about to start Blight Club. Uh, Mike Minotti is going to play Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero. And I just sent him a full Quan Chi outfit. So I'm sure he'll look very cool and normal. Uh, and he has to put face paint on, which he's being a big baby about. So, uh, yeah, tune in to uh, Blight Club specifically. But then everything on GiantBomb.com. Mary, what about you? Nothing. This is the only thing I care about. <laughs> okay. What's going on with you? <laughs> I'm a polygon. And here. That's about it. It's been a good episode. Yeah. It's January. Mm-hmm. It's breezy. <laughs> looked at a window. Yeah. The devil! <laughs> Joe Biden! Uh, Jake, uh, that. Takes me back. Jake's got a lot of clip fodder from tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, awesome. We'll see you guys in a couple <laughs> weeks. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Well, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. (laughs) You finish it. Take us out, Mary. Take us out. Thanks for listening, ya bozos. We love you. Bye. See ya. Bye. You just gotta do it. You know, you just gotta like nip it in the bud. You just gotta be like, this is over. Why are you listening anymore? Get out of here. You stop listening to this podcast. I said, get out. Get out. Bye. Are we still here? I, I told them to leave. Here? I told them to leave. If they're still here, that's on them. They're seeing time code remaining and thinking we might say something funny, and I feel like we're there's nothing them, else to so say. I've I've exerted all my funny. I told podcast. them everything. We're done.